Genre. Welcome back to Countdown to Infinity, where we are recapping the Marvel Cinematic Universe one film at a time until the release of Avengers Infinity War in what is now Just a couple weeks away! (laughs) Today, you have me, Ray Russo, with our normal co-hosts, Chris O'Connor and Becca Ray Bergen. Hello, hello, hello! Excelsior! And because we're doing a movie about a Scot, I have also brought a Scot to the table. Tofty? Scott Corelli here. How's it going? Oh. <laughs> we know a Scot. Great Scott. Tis I. Hello. Welcome. Okay. You have been putting up with my shenanigans for this entire thing, so thank you and welcome aboard. <laughs> Glad to be here. Glad to have you. So, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about what brought you, because you requested to be on this episode. Mm-hmm. So, well, tell us a little bit about why. Well, um, you know, obviously uh, I do a show called The Cornetto Minute, which is uh, where we look do at you? the films of Edgar Wright broken down a minute at a time. So um, there's an Edgar Wright connection for sure. Uh, so I love, there is I love Edgar Wright. A nearly decade long connection. Yeah. So I, I love Edgar Wright. <laughs> um, so that's, that's part of uh, my connection to this. And then the other part is that um, other than, you know, Peter Parker, Scott Lang is my favorite Marvel character. Other than, yeah. also so check like, out Spider Man. So you like the insects? Uh, yes, yes, I do. I like. <laughs> I like the. Hey, spiders are arachnids, Becca. Not not. They insects. have a lot of legs and a lot of eyes. They, yeah, yeah. They have eight legs instead of six. A- ants have six legs. Okay. They're they're separate. Um, scientific. Becca, terms. I'm not going to shame tiny. you. I know what you were doing. I know what's up. It's fine. They are tiny, <laughs> and they are. Occasionally horrifying. <laughs> this movie tells me that they want to make friends. They're like little puppies, and they just want to be friends with you. Some of them are like little kitties. There was one of them that was like I, rubbing oof, all up on yeah. them, and he was like, oh, I, I gotta cute. say, this is uh, this is some great marketing for the uh, for the ant lobby. Yeah, see, um, <laughs> we know what's really happening here. But I think the it might be a lobby. little bit misleading. <laughs> I'm just I'm imagining like a couple a couple million ants like in the shape of a man in a business suit. Now I'm suit. definitely gonna um, have a nightmare. <laughs> now, Senator, we'd <laughs> like to we'd like to talk to you about how Raid is a terrible company. <laughs> so, like Vincent, adult man, but instead of two children in a trench <laughs> right. coat, it's a whole bunch of aliens. Yeah, exactly. Of ants, so. Now I'm definitely not sleeping tonight. <laughs> you welcome. You know. Okay, so. Did anybody else experience this when when Ant-Man, like when the trailer hit, when people, when the the broader world was made aware that this movie was coming, uh, did anyone else have friends or coworkers or family who said, 
Okay, but they just made this one up now, right? Yes. Like Ant Man. I've never heard of Ant Man. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, and that was a part of the whole like thing where I sat down at a restaurant with them and like wrote out the chronology of the MCU on a <laughs> on the back of a of a menu. Like there were they like wait what Ant Ant Man Ant Man? I thought it was Spider Man. I'm like no guys, <laughs> it's this both a different Ant Man. They'll Ant- make anything. <laughs> yes, yes, they will. Next thing you know, they'll be ta- they'll be making a movie about talk- a guy who talks to fish. <laughs> uh. My first exposure to Ant Man as I was reading comics was actually like the third Ant Man because there's been three of them at this the point. More you know, yeah. So, like, my first Ant-Man was actually O'Grady, who was hanging around with the Secret Avengers. I was... Which is also how my, I got to know Valkyrie. I, my, so. my my experience with Ant-Man was, like, really limited. Like, I was, uh, in the 90s, I was vaguely aware that Ant-Man existed. And then I didn't really know him at all as a character until the Ultimates run, where he was the worst. Oh, yeah, he was a monster in that. I was, yeah. I was like, I was like aware of the Scott Lang story, which I think came out a little later, like in the early aughts, but I never read it. So I didn't, my experience with Ant-Man has been very limited, Doesn't, but I think he sprayed Jan I think Scott, with, you, you, like, uh, bug killer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's bad. And, and like he sticks his ants on him, mm-hmm. on her and, and it's like really terrible. Uh, although, uh, I mean like, you know, there's the great bit where, where Captain American, Captain America beats the crap out of him when he's large. It was great. It was very viscerally yeah. satisfying. But anyway, like Hank Pym in the Ultimates is mm-hmm. the worst. So there's also that really creepy size play scene really early on. Size play. <laughs> I mean, what else would you call it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Tumblr calls it exactly that. Yep. <laughs> uh, there was also uh, the um, yeah the the Scott Lang thing. Scott Lang did, he showed up in the 70s actually. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. His, so ignorant. His uh, his two issue run that were that introduced him as 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 uh, as Ant Man. That was. Um, it was like in the in the seventies uh, to catch an Ant Man, and it was uh, he was Ant Man for like a long time because then Hank Pym was like several characters, several different characters. Giant Man, Giant Man, uh, Yellow Jacket, as we see in this movie. Hank Pym just needed to make up his mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He couldn't, and also potentially get some help. Yeah, some he help could. He could probably have used some mental, mental help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They changed Scott uh, Scott's origin a, a little bit in this movie. Um, it's still relatively similar. I mean, he's still doing it for his daughter, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's mm-hmm. it's a little more like his daughter is sick and he's trying to get meds, and it's a whole it's a whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. But you can you can actually see that actually almost like a panel for panel recreation of that storyline um, in the. Uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes Avengers cartoon. Yes. They they adapted that almost uh word for word. It was it was really, really well done. Earth's Mightiest Heroes had some of the best adaptations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most uh, most accurate adaptations. Yep. And even the ones that weren't accurate to the comics, like they were done really mm-hmm. well. Earth's Mightiest like, Heroes even, is the uh, um, end of its run, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. Yeah, the seasons did it have? Three? Two? Two. two. It was only two. Oh wow. Uh, they switched it out for Avengers Assemble. Right. Yeah. It died at the same time as uh, Spectacular Spider-Man because the, the mm-hmm. rights to the Marvel shows uh, switched back to Disney. And Disney yeah. was like, well, we're not mm-hmm. going to outsource this. So we're just going to cancel yeah. these shows. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, makes kind sense. B- Business-wise, I totally understand. Makes complete sense. It's still a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. so it's really funny that you brought up that, um, you know, 
uh, Scott Lang and their and Cassie Lang came about in the seventies. Cassie is the slowest aging character in the comic books Uh because she was introduced in the seventies as like a young kid, and then by the time Young Avenger starts in 2005 <laughs> she's the youngest she's still 14 well, meanwhile billy and tommy who were born in the well, 80s you see time older. is time is less a you know a strictly linear linear kind of uh, progression from a to b and more of a wibbly wobbly especially when wibbly. your mother is scarlet witch yeah it's it's a rolling yes. it's a rolling continuity because it's like a spectrum i, I think somebody i think somebody <laughs> figured out that based on like marvel chrono 616 chronology chronology the fantastic four which begins the whole marvel universe happens mm-hmm. post 9-11 now young avengers is really interesting because it's it's a it's a jump in the deep end but like it's real casual about it like it, it's very accessible but then after you've read it you're like i understand a lot about the marvel universe now everybody's kids right because you kind of get Everyone's related to somebody. Yeah. 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 And you're also like, you have, Je- and I love that they had Jessica Jones as a touchstone mm-hmm. for that. So. Yeah, that was my introduction to her as well. Yeah. <laughs> Eight months pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and um, still kicking Kang's ass while eight, eight months pregnant. Jessica fucking Jones, everybody. <laughs> Woo! Season two is up on Netflix. You should check that out I'm if you have not already. Finished. As of this recording, as of you listening to this, I will probably have finished it. So feel free to hit us up on the uh, Facebook group and talk about it. Yeah. So let's jump on back to Ant-Man, which this episode is technically about. Oh, yeah, that's right. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not about (laughs) Spider-Man? I mean, we we ended up talking about Red Sparrow for a good chunk of Age of Ultron, so... Yeah, but that made sense. (laughs) Ish. All right. So we start off this movie in 1989. Yeah, I love I love this flashback. The so year much. after Peter Par- or Peter Quill was warped, yeah, into space. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Presumably, Shield like uh, saw that in their newsfeed and just said, "Eh, so <laughs> eh, it's just a kid going missing." <laughs> Whatever, it happens all the time. But because uh, they still didn't seem clued into aliens Roswell? for like another like two decades. This scene, this is a great, this is a great cold open. I love it. We get like a lot of elements of of the previous movies. We get to aged up Peggy Carter. For this scene, was she just in in makeup, or did they digitally do? I her think two? it was just makeup. Just makeup for her and John yeah. Slattery. We had John Slattery as Howard Stark, which um, I, I think um, you know, it's like at what point does Dominic Cooper become John Slattery? And I think we figured this out a little bit earlier. It's that uh, as soon as Tony Stark is born, Dominic Cooper <laughs> yeah. morphs into John Slattery. John Slattery like is whole, the like... is the dad bod version of Dominic Cooper. Yeah, um, it's this whole like metamorphosis thing. He goes into a cocoon and then oh, he's yeah. an inhuman. He's an inhuman. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes, and he has there the power go. to be John Slattery. <laughs> <laughs> so charming and dignified. I'm sure plenty of people would want that power. Oh, I, I'm listening to a, a farewell to arms narrated by uh, John Slattery. Anyway, Ooh, um, and then we also get uh, the the amazing de aging digital effect this done so on cool. on Michael Douglas to, I mean, like great effect. Yeah. Like I saw, it's a I saw him like step 80s. on the screen, and I was like, oh my god, did he shoot this between like romancing the stone and? Wall Street, the second one, Romancing <laughs> the Stone Two. Yeah. I don't know. He looked like oh, yeah, Jewel of the Nile, Jewel, of the, Jewel Nile. of the Nile. That's right. Yeah, yep. 
Romancing the Stone too. He's too clean cut to be Romancing the Stone, but he is Wall Street, Michael Douglas. Yeah, he's Wall Street. That's definitely uh, Gordon Gecko. And then young, fit, awesome Michael Douglas is totally like, no, you can't have my advancement. You you want he's doing the the Tony Stark and the congressional hearing thing where he's like, oh, I made this thing. I've privatized world peace. You want it. You can't have it. Mm." Yeah, but I'm I'm like totally Hydra and I want your goddamn Ant-Man suit. Yeah. Give it to me now. And then he takes that guy's face and mashes it into the desk. I loved it. Yeah. And then you have that very uh, up-tempo music over the title screen, that kind of, or the Marvel screen. The I'm trying to remember exactly what the song is. Ugh. Definitely hum it. definitely made me think it was uh, taking place in Florida, because that's what it sounds like <laughs> when you live in Florida. Yeah. That is the soundtrack of Florida. <laughs> not having lived in Florida, I did not make that connection, and I was totally fine with it being San Francisco. <laughs> me too. Just sounds kind of <laughs> tropical. I don't know. It's fun. It's, um, <clears throat> so San Francisco's more temperate. Is the prison that right? he's in the same one that Luke Cage was in? Uh, no. no, no. The one this that Luke San Quentin. The, the one that Luke Cage was in is in, like, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, okay. It's this somewhere is, in the south. This is famous San Quentin. Yeah. I think it gets Ray. I think it was featured in Mindhunter for a hot. Oh second. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, uh, if that... you have not watched Mindhunter, uh, watch, watch it, it unless you're please. squeamish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. That that show that show features my platonic it. ideal Peter Parker and uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Um. <laughs> oh wow! Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the the two the two main agents. Yeah, the two main agents. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's perfect. They're my. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh my god, Jonathan yeah. Goff as as Peter yeah. Parker. Yeah, as like as like you yeah. know thirty thirty as an, year as old an older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Older Peter mm-hmm. Parker, yeah. like you know Parker Industries or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. That's my my platonic ideal. Uh, Peter Parker and J. John yeah. Jameson. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love yeah, it. so uh, you know Scotty is in. He's in San the prison. Quentin. Yeah, the, the nice opening shot of uh, He's doing some you know, hard like time. The, the hard light coming down from above, yeah. close up on his face, nice, nice face shot. And this is uh, this is Paul Rudd at his uh, his in this movie. I would say this is him at his most physically attractive and and charming. Mm. I would agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks good in this. He movie. looks great in this movie. <laughs> I... It's almost as though Marvel Studios is really good at getting actors into shape. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like, is there a precedent for that? Was there that Andy guy I from mean, like Parks and Recreation? I mean, to be yeah, with Paul Rudd, it's less. It's less like startling. It it is yeah. it is adorable listening to the commentary and hearing Peyton Reed ask him about his workout regimen and Paul Rudd like trying to dodge the question because he doesn't <laughs> want to talk about working out because it makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> like getting into like hunky shape he's like i don't know and he's like no you look so great and he's like i don't want to talk about it let's move on look at this thing <laughs> whereas Aww. whereas chris hemsworth would be like oh look at my arms yeah <laughs> so you have him starting off in prison and, and seems like he's in a terrible fight mm-hmm. but he's not. it looks so bad but then it just turns into this weird like you guys have some weird goodbye rituals man yeah, it was like, oh, it's so sweet. And they were all very friendly about it. It was kind of like, oh, that's, that's nice. You know, even though he got punched in the face and he got he got punched in the face and like they're friends about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little punching it between was, friends. Yeah, it was very it was very bromantic, toxic masculinity made nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's actually a good way of putting it. In, in like, general, that's kind of what this movie is about. It's because, because, uh, you know, because in a lot of ways, like Darren Cross, like represents, you know, the male bad. male privilege and, and toxic masculinity. I mean, 
Oh yeah, for sure. Everything he does is like that. And and Scott Lang is like the opposite of that. Like Scott Lang is like I don't know. Like he's just like the opposite of toxic masculinity. He's just He's like mm. I'm an electrical engineer and I love my daughter and I want to be right by her. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, he he gets out of prison. He gets out of prison and is picked up by his former cellmate Luis. Who is like? He's the, just having some bad luck. He's having the worst luck. Like if you if if somebody were to tell me um if somebody were to tell me what what happened to them like the way Luis did most of the like ninety nine percent of the time if somebody were to tell me that their girlfriend left them their mother died their father and their was deported, deported that would be the saddest conversation yeah yeah most of the time <laughs> they wouldn't end it with dude this van is great. I it's love this sick, van. Man. <laughs> Look at these stripes. Luis is like Look at all this just color. the happiest Looks like it's straight dude. out of the eighties. Probably is. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Everybody there is in their thirties, so they grew up in the eighties. Just in general, Michael Pena in this movie is uh, – he is an incredible he's actor. He's incredible yeah, actor. He really you, so you, you watch him in this yeah. and then you compare that to like Edge of Wa- or End of Watch and you're just like, how is that yeah. the same actor? And then um, <laughs> he's in Wrinkle in Time. Is he really? Oh, yeah. Man. He's just great. And him. he's also like he bucks a lot of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as, he, as many of the criminals in this movie do, which I mean, I suppose is, yeah. is sort of par for the course when your protagonist is himself a criminal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But just like in terms of like as he in his crazy stories, he's like our wine tasting mm-hmm. and at York an art gallery. gallery. We were at the community <laughs> softball league. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, they're literally, I mean, not to skip ahead, but like we're literally introduced to the whole crew because one of them is making waffles for the others. Like, yeah. What's up with the waffles? They're like a little family. They're a pretty happy bunch. Yeah. They're a pretty happy bunch. Waffles are amazing. Mm -hmm. I know. I love them. They are pancakes with abs. (laughs) True. I have never heard that before. I like it. (laughs) I like it. I will tell my son that. Oh jeez. Where were we? Okay, so Dusk and Robin. So, yeah, yeah so we're we're they're they're, that they're really driving awesome, like smash. Is it a smash cut? Well, they're they're no, driving but... they're driving the the van and like Luis is relating his really horrifying story of life and uh and, and Scott tells him like, you know, he's like I'm not I'm not going to go back into crime. I'm not going to be a I'm not going to be a thief. I got to think gonna, about Cassie. I got to think about like Ca- I got to think about Cassie. I got to <laughs> think about my daughter. And you know, like at that at that teeth. moment, like rewatching this the other day, like that bit where where Paul Rudd, charming, charming Paul Rudd, is talking about his, you know, needing to be there for his daughter. I was just like, man, our listeners should really go to Netflix and watch the movie Mute. I know. I don't want to give anything away. I don't want. I don't want to give anything away. He's he's. Um, it's a very different movie, but it's also very similar. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of like a negavert. Well, yeah. Does he have some like? Darkest timeline facial hair. <laughs> yes, he super duper does. He looks like a Confederate general. Yeah. Um. Uh-oh. Or 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 a porn star oh, no. in the seventies. But yeah. Or a porn star oh, in the seventies. No. Yeah. If that's a more yeah, he does. He is for you. he is a hundred percent evil Scott Lang in that movie, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's weird it's, to think uh, about. It really is. It isn't. It is an interesting film that, to watch. That is potentially appealing to me. Speaking of dad and daughter, like this is possibly the first time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe where we have a. Good, good dad. dad and also a good <laughs> stepdad oh, yeah. oh is this also the first one of our heroes that has children yeah i think it is yeah 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 yep. yeah presumably he doesn't have living no. parents well clint does clint guys oh clint that's kids. right clint oh my but goodness does clint, i mean it didn't occur so, to us to comment it on the time because of age, age of ultron had us like being so negative so but right. yes so my this thing be there the is that hero clint's hero story 
There's nothing in the narrative of Age, Age of Ultron that's actually really about Clint's kids. The same no. way that Cassie no. Mm-hmm. No. is the focus, you know? His children are incidental. Right. Yeah. They're like plot you, devices. You could have easily just had, like, pregnant Laura Barton as, like, uh, the yeah. one thing to Clint's story. Like, he, his kids are kind of just there to be a surprise. Yeah. Whereas, like... Scott is a dad. Mm-hmm. He like he wants to provide. He wants to like a daddy dad. Be emotionally supportive. Yes. Like he wants to be involved with, in her life. With ugly stuffed bunny rabbits. So okay, real real <laughs> real real quick. Uh, I I I want to get back on this track, but I just thought of something <laughs> that okay. I, okay. I was like, it, it, you know, on Chuck when Chuck would get those flashes. That's what yes. just happened to me just now, and I oh, just right. thought, nice. wouldn't it be uh, wouldn't it be amazing if. Okay, so so Disney just bought Fox. They're gonna get yep. the mm-hmm. mutants back, but there's no mutants yep. in the MCU right now. What Not if yet. <gasps> Vision and and Scarlet Witch wanna have kids? They can't. So Scarlet Witch creates kids and in the process of inventing her kids also creates mutants in general. <gasps> oh my god. What? I love it. This is oh wonderful. My God. Like it just backfires <gasps> and creates Send Disney it's, a letter. It's it's reverse. It's reverse. Send uh, Disney a letter. Reverse. Yeah, M-day. it's reverse M day. <laughs> you have solved the problem, <laughs> sir. <sighs> anyway, oh I felt really God. good about that, and I wanted to get that out. But yeah, that's a good really job, Intercept. The the ugly. <laughs> Yes, the ugly, uh, the ugly bunny is really funny because um, I was listening to the commentary. I've seen this, I've seen this movie like a dozen times, so I was listening to it Good. with commentary when uh, watching it this time. And uh, I, they they mentioned that um, in the script, I guess the uh, the thing that he gives her is just like like a dumb like teletub like off brand teletubby kind of thing. <laughs> Like, yeah. like it's just like a weird thing. So a dark elf. Yeah, yeah. And then Teletubbies are already horrifying. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then, uh, uh, Peyton turned it into the the bunny with the fangs because he thought it was more specific that like it showed that they shared a bond. If, uh, if uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name, the stepdad doesn't like is like, why would you give her that? And she's like, it's yeah. amazing. I love it. And he's <laughs> yeah, like, because yeah. I know my daughter. <laughs> You son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> oh, you know. It also sets up the giant ant for later. Yeah, totally. Oh, God. <laughs> totally. Which, by the way, did you know that uh, Bobby Carnavel's, uh character was originally played by Patrick Wilson in the Edgar Wright version? Mm. Huh. Get out of here. Yeah, what? that fits. Assuming, assuming the character was more or less the same, then that would fit. Yeah, that'd fit fine. Yeah. Yeah. And Which, yeah, um, I can't. I can't replace them in my mind. We totally skipped over Baskin Robbins, though. Well, Baskin Robbins always finds out, <laughs> and they just did. Thanks, Intersect. Uh. <laughs> it was a cool crime. It wasn't a violent crime. It was a cool crime. Yeah. So, so yeah, he, he's electrical electrical engineering. He's, he ends up working at the Baskin Robbins, and then he gets called into the largest fast food manager's office I've ever seen. It's yeah. it's it's the it's the manager's office over a factory showroom. Like it's so big, it's huge. Yeah, like a Baskin Robbins manager's office is literally a closet with like a small shelf in it as a desk. A I work closet. in a massive Manhattan corporate office, and none of the managers have offices. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's it's always like it's always a closet with a ton of outdated posters everywhere. Yeah, of uh, old. Hang in there. 
all those like campaigns gone by. Right. Campaigns gone by and then like training posters. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's sexual harassment. You don't have to take it. Maybe a couple of like OSHA and federal regulations that nobody ever looks at. And then the schedule. (laughs) Yeah. It's always on their door. How can we prevent people from getting full time benefits today? Um, but I do, I do love how he's like you. I mean, I have to fire you, but if you want to, if you want to get one of those like mango drinks on your way out. Oh yeah, that's totally cool. (laughs) You're awesome, man. Totally off the books. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cool manager who's firing you. But, but my favorite thing is that it really instantly endears you to, to Scott as like a guy who makes the best out of bad situations because you're goddamn right. He got that mango drink. Like, <laughs> he's like, hey, he offered it. Like, I'm losing my job, but I'm going to at least get the mango drink. He got two. <laughs> from there, from, from Baskin Robbins, he goes back to his apartment and is, is, and uh, more waffles. greeted by Luis and waffles and, and the crew of, uh, you know, super friendly criminals. Uh, the guy, the, the, like, the hacker, the Russian, the Russian, the Russian hacker. It bugs me so much because he looks like a guy who's in another Paul Red movie and it's not him. And every single time I end up checking IMDb Aww. just to make sure because he <laughs> looks like like the vulture dude yeah. from mm-hmm. Dinner for Schmucks. Mm. God, it was such a good movie. I love Dinner for Schmucks. But he is, in fact, the guy that the Joker drive the, the insane guy that the Joker works with in The Dark Knight. Um, the giggling, laughing guy <laughs> Wait. in the back of the... Oh, good oh, lord. The guy, the, guy in, the guy in the ambulance? Yeah, the guy in the ambulance. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, my God. I see it now mm-hmm. in my brain. Mm-hmm. In your brain parts. In my brain He's in my very brain good man. with a Russian accent, I got to be honest. I mean, that's a little, yeah. it's a little cartoonish, like, but like in-, in Yeah, that, a, l- a little bit. Like I half expect him to talk about stealing our election. Right, but not in, <laughs> but not in <laughs> well, like- this, uh, is, this is like a couple years before that. Right. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can still have fun with but it. But not in like a yeah. G.I. Joe cartoon way. Like a- Oh, God. You know, a fun way. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's not Moose and Squirrel. Yeah, it's not Moose, Moose and Squirrel. squirrel. So. Yeah, not Ivan Vanko. Oh, oh my God, where's my board? And and the, yeah, my board, my board, <laughs> my, my board, my 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 board is bird with like three extra syllables. Anyway, <laughs> uh... <laughs> so then we go back to a uh, uh, Pim 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 Tech Pim Tech. Ah, oh, yes. that's good stuff. Can I see some ID? I think that giant painting up on the wall of me will suffice. <laughs> Actually, no, that's not a photograph. I need photo. I need a photograph. And, and frankly, <laughs> right? and frankly, not to be mean to the artist who I'm sure painted that. They probably just printed it. Yeah. It's not that good a likeness. It's not really. No, it's they not. could have done better. Yeah, yeah, it's not that great. They overpaid. Whatever They're it was. Like- I mean, there are, like, filters that you could put on things to make them look like they've been painted. That's probably what they did. I know. (laughs) Also, I'm thinking that, like, if he he would probably come in a different way than the general public. Mm. There's probably, like, an executive entrance. If he's been ousted and he's no longer, as much as he was the founder, like, uh, they, they talk about it in a little bit, mm-hmm. like, he, he was, like, Hope ejected was from, like he was ejected off. from the board, uh, it would be conceivable that he can't go through, like, you know, he was, private, private He was entrance. deposed as ruler of Pimtech. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's got his name yeah. on the building, he is not welcome. Nope. Yeah. Oh, and we get the first look at, uh, Chekhov's tank keychain. Yeah. Yeah, I wish they hadn't made it so obvious. This keychain. I wonder if it'll be important later on. They made it so obvious, though. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's 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 not 
as somebody who wasn't that like plugged into the idea of Ant-Man and, and PIM technologies and, and all that stuff, uh, it wasn't that obvious on the first viewing. It, I was surprised by, by the, the tank keychain reveal. Um, but then watching it subsequently, it's just like, wow, they right. are really hammering that shit. <laughs> yeah. Cause they show it like five times. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, so and then we so, get introduced to our uh, antagonist of the film. Well, first we see first we, we uh, uh, get Hope. Uh, first, H- Hank runs into Hope, and she's like, "Hello, Hank," and she's like, "You can call me." He's like, "You can call me Dad." It's like, "Oh, I don't no. want to call you Dad." Uh, that's <laughs> oh, that's how no. we that's, angry at you. That's how we explain to the audience who these characters are to each other. It <laughs> exposition. Really but it was, you know, it's you know, it's well done exposition. It was. It's fine. Good. It's all in character. It's all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that far off from uh, Betty calling Ross the general. Yeah. Right. Oh, exactly. yeah. That's the exact same move. And then and then we are introduced to the antagonist of the film, Mr. Darren Cross, mm-hmm. played by uh, House of Cards, Corey Stoll. Yeah. The, Pretty well, the too. The tallest, baldest guy of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that nose. In a tallest, baldest competition, he would win. He's, uh, he would. I, I would say he's one of the more charismatic villains in the MCU. Uh, he is. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, like, so this is the, the 13th film in the MCU. Um, and, and it's technically the end of Phase 2, right? So, mm-hmm. Okay, so this is, like, Phase 2. Um, Why remember, this is so the end of Phase 2 and not the start of Phase 3, make, I'll never I don't understand. Know. It doesn't Cause, make cause, any sense. Because they were but, making whatever. it while they were making Ultron or something. I don't know. Um, it's silly. So... So we've talked about it before. Um, in the first in the first phase, the the villains were largely forgettable, um, apart from Loki. Mm-hmm. Forgettable. Um, in the second phase, they got a little bit better. We got like uh, the Mandarin and Killian in Iron Man three. That was really mm-hmm. great. But we Winter also Soldier and Alexander Pierce. Winter Soldier and Alexander Pierce were really great. Mm-hmm. But we also got well. Um, <laughs> we got the Teletubby man. We got the Teletubby man. We got uh, yeah, yeah, Malekith the accursed, and yep. um, you know, did Roman you the accused? Did you guys see great. what Christopher Eccleston said about that? He he said that he every time he went back to his trailer, he wanted to like pick up a gun and kill himself, like oh, while geez. filming that. No! Yeah! No! Wow! That's no! that's how much he hated. Come here, let that. me hug you. Like he literally just came out and said that. Uh, Oh yeah, yeah. He oh, he strikes dear. me as as a kind of sad guy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I wonder if he was cast when Patty Jenkins was directing it. Right, because she mm. there was she might like have had something different. Yeah. yeah, and that caused like a whole bunch of problems with like Natalie Portman and everything. Right. I know. Maybe he was he was uh, part of that uh, that problem. <clears throat> hmm. Interesting. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Who knows? Bummer. Anyway, <laughs> so so Darren Cross. As part of as part of the second phase, he's like one of the top villains. He's one. He, oh, for he's, sure. He's one of the better ones. He's, but as we're going to talk about as phase three goes along, it seems like, um, and I've seen some good like articles on this. Maybe I'll share them to the Facebook group, um, where people have been talking about how Marvel is kind of like in phase three. It seems they keep like getting better. The villains have gotten better. Like they've, yeah. you know, the producers, the the directors, writers have been paying attention to the criticism that they've gotten over time. And figured out how to give us better villains, yeah. and like, like for the la- the last few Phase yeah. Three villains have been fucking like, great. Yeah, with I feel uh, like yeah, with a couple exceptions, like each one has been like the next rung up the ladder mm-hmm. from the last. Killmonger has spoiled me. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, Michael B. Jordan's performance was so yeah. It's so good. it Killmonger is so good. I fear for Thanos because there's just no way. <laughs> so do I. You can't. You like, can't. You can't make up to that. like. Oof. I yeah. I know. Like yeah, there were tears mm-hmm. for a bunch of people. You know, I'm, at the end of oh, I, Black I legit started crying. Hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, I will have seen Black Panther. But as of I recording so. this and talking to you guys now, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Why not? Because because I have a child. Because, because he's John Slattery. <laughs> yeah, I, this is this is my dad bod mode. I can't do John everything Slattery I want to do. God built that suit in a cave oh. out of a box of scraps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure if John Slattery built something in a cave, it would be a mini bar. Anyway, um, uh, where were Fermenting we? Fermenting alcohol out of rocks. Okay, so Darren Cross. <laughs> yeah, Darren Cross is, uh, he's one of the better, uh, he's certainly one of the best villains in Phase 2, and overall, he's one of the better villains that they've had. Yeah. Like, they, they did a good job in, like, his, his uh, he's introduction. He's to understand. His introduction scene here where, you know, like he's got that, you know, instant tension with Hank Pym and like the way the way he does his presentation. I loved I love this presentation as as an army brat whose every uh, take your kid to work day was to the Pentagon or like the Joint National Simulation Center. This scene and and like to a certain extent, like throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, all of their sort of arms, you know, Tony Stark's arm dealer stuff, like Hammer Tech stuff, like there's a, a certain element of nostalgia for me of like his his little weapons demonstration of uh you know like of, of showing yeah. the 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 yellow jacket suit. I was like, I've seen that before. I, I've I've seen that video. It's I I like the uh, you know the sort of the post nine eleven like hyper jingoistic uh, propaganda uh, narration uh, that that rings some some bells for me and it was it was enjoyable to watch and also like that sort of same sort of low quality CGI that weapons companies put on their demonstrations. If you ever get a chance, go to like YouTube and look up anything from uh, Raytheon or Lockheed Martin, Boeing, any of their weapon systems. The CGI demonstrations, like the weapons themselves, are like the most amazing technological kill machines on earth yeah. they're astounding but the way they demonstrate them in videos is just like i mean why bother putting money into cgi when you can actually spend money on the tech itself yes they need to spend the money on actually making the thing do what they say it does yeah um yeah. but i love i love this scene for that and also for the absurd like his his little demonstration of uh you know talking about the pim particle and you know the tales to uh, what was it tales to astonish tales, <laughs> to, astonish. tales to astonish right, good callback that's a, that is a good illusion <laughs> which is uh, a great little easter egg there I, I I I do not know how Corey Stoll pulled off that line and made it sound natural, but he did it, and <laughs> he, I was he's very good. impressed. He's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. It, it really was. He, I, I think it was better than the uh, whole little because they did a journey into mystery. Yeah. One in the first Thor oh, movie, yeah. and I think this came out even more fluidly. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me get this like, straight. Well, you want me to say what? Well, no, I, I think I, Stoll, like he, he's really good at delivering this and like and and injecting a certain uh, seriousness and and like yeah. manic energy and into like all of the stuff he does in this movie. That that you know, I I, I can see why he was able to pull that off and why oh, why sure. they cast him for it. But like I, the footage of uh, like you know retro Ant Man, <laughs> where it's like this old grainy film stock, and like you know you see the the blips and burns and 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 the film grain, but then they zoom in and you see an ant-sized man like punching people <laughs> over. I'm like, no, yes. no, that's that's not how if this it, works. <laughs> but if it works on CSI. <laughs> 
<laughs> it works in the movies. Enhance. Zoom. Enhance. <laughs> Enhance. That's not how resolution works, listeners. Oh, Especially not resolution from the 60s. From actual <laughs> film reels. Yeah. <sighs> but I liked it. Like, it reminded me a lot of, like, the original flavor Tony Stark from Iron Man 1, like that opening where he's like, I'm going to change the face of war. Look at these missiles that I'm selling you. Like, yeah, so it was very similar. You know, I, that is, yeah, he's a very similar character. I, uh, I, I, okay. So I, I'm thinking about the, um, the, uh, particles and what he talks about, what they talk about later with the particles, like slowly sort of like driving you crazy, which is yeah. part of, uh, you know, Darren's arc. I guess if you could call it that in this involves why those, he works. Yeah, why he works. Part of his downward spiral. Right, right, right. I, you know, I, I know originally in in Edgar Wright and uh, and and Joe Cornish's draft um, that that wrote this. It, it's crazy to me that this was written by Edgar Wright and the guy who directed uh, Attack the Block. That's insane. Um, <laughs> it's, it's an insane combination of people. Um, Anyway, they, they, uh, originally it was going to open with the scene that we see later of the, the flashback with Janet as the wasp. Okay. And, um, that makes sense. Yeah, but it was going to start earlier and you were going to get a setup that ha- the, the particles were starting to affect Hank. Mm. Okay. And, and I just think about that and I just think, you know, this movie is kind of missing that a little bit because he does mention yeah, it yeah. in passing. But we don't see it. We only see it through through yeah. Darren. And I feel like if we had seen it on Hank and he gave it up, it would have really sort of justified, kind of hammered. Yeah. It when in. he yeah. says, "I see too much of you, uh, uh, too much of me in you." Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I remember, like, I remember, and I certainly talked about this a lot with Ray um, when we found out, like, that Edgar Wright had departed the the movie. And even after we saw it, we're like, "There's a, there's the ghost." Of a completely different movie mm-hmm. in here. Oh yeah, like, oh morally. we totally didn't talk about that as like, we started this uh, like, this this episode. You like, can look at this like Edgar Wright could have put together a completely different story with a completely different moral like lesson in there. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's the ghost of that at point at times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, they reference the part like the pin particle messing with sanity a couple of times, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't really, like, you don't really get the saturation of it to the point where you feel the impact of, like, yeah, this is a real if you had had to the if, user. If you had had the Hank scene where you saw that it was affecting him and maybe even affecting his relationship with Janet to a certain extent, mm-hmm. I, I think that ha- Darren Cross wouldn't be called a weak villain like he is by most people. He's he's mm-hmm. not a weak he's, villain. He's not. He's not at all. Yeah, but, it, not. but you have to pay attention to know that. And I think right. if you're not paying attention, if you're just watching and passing and you're letting the exposition gloss over. Oh, no, the the particles affecting uh, like the, the way to make that work, uh, I think, would be not not to have Hank like have the particles affecting his mind and how he interacts with Janet because Janet gets lost. Yeah. Uh, you know, she she's not she's not in the picture. And that that in part, like damages the relationship between Hank and Hope. But another mm-hmm. another thing is that the particles had an effect on him and they would continue to have an effect on him as he uses it after Janet's gone. Mm-hmm. And that would make the relationship with Hope even worse. And that would, yeah. you know, make their their estrangement later on Tint, in life make even more sense. Mm-hmm. Every interaction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
sad. Also, if you saw him grapple a little bit with, like, you you see that he's become a little violent. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's very willing to smash somebody's face. In an office setting. Throw a good punch. Right, right. But yeah. I, I think they could have hammered his instability yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, that would definitely help with the, you know, sort of making clear the motivation later for why he doesn't want Hope to be the one in the suit. Right. Yeah, because this yeah, because at this point which, it's just yeah. it just seems like he doesn't want her to be in danger, which yeah. you know. Well, I mean, it is it is a form of danger. I let's, mean, that is a fine fine explanation, let, but mm, let's hope is so competent. Mm, yes. Oh my do god. We want, do we want to get oh to that god. now? Because like I, I I still have some like oh. That, uh. The thing about this movie right. is that if hope was I I need an H name Hank Henry <laughs> Junior. She says, give me the suit and let me finish this once and for all after the demonstration. Throughout the movie, we see that she is highly competent. She knows how to communicate with the ants. She knows how to fight. If she were a boy, if this was a father-son story, she would have gotten in the suit before the end of the film. That's a distinct possibility. I mean, I think this movie does do a lot to acknowledge the fact that she's underutilized, Mm -hmm. but it, it... doesn't undo the... Yeah. Yeah. There are times I, I, when it's self-aware in that respect. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, you have, you know, the post-credit scene. Yeah. So. It, but that doesn't feel like enough for me. I, right, I, exactly. I don't... I wanted her to have to save Scott. Yeah. <laughs> what, is, what is the... Well, I mean, she does, doesn't she, with the ants? Like, uh, Scott's got to... When, um, like when the gun is on her dad, and then... Um, and Scott's like still small, or no? When Scott's got the gun to his head, she does save yeah. him with the ants, the bullet. Yeah, ants. she jams. Yeah, she jams Darren's gun later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I wanted her to have a suit. Yeah, yeah. but uh, what was that? What is this? Because this is a, a trope that we've we've seen a number of times. I think I, I'm having trouble thinking of better examples. But around the same time that Ant Man came out, I think we got uh, the Lego Movie, right? That was that was around the same time. Everything. The first everything is awesome, which is an awesome movie. If you have not seen the ant, the the Lego uh, the Lego movie, you should definitely see it. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen it. But anyway, in that movie, there's a much more egregious example of this trope, um, where you have a female character who is hyper competent in um, what is it? Wild Styles, I think, is the character's name. Um, uh, Yeah, something like that. So she, the the female character is arguably quite competent. more competent than the male. Ar- not, 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 even, not even arguably. <laughs> inarguably, like, it, it's clear. Inarguably. It's very clear from the beginning. Like it, it, the the protagonist in the Lego Movie is basically the Chris Pratt from um, from Parks and Recreation as a minifig. So he's yeah. a hapless like construction worker um, who has no talent of any kind, but is made the protagonist by way of "You're the chosen one," yeah. which. You know, it's, when, it's literally when on TV tropes, it's says literally it. called the hyper competent sidekick. Oh, okay, that's the that's the trope. Okay, yeah, and I, there's probably some better examples in there uh, of this, but it's like definitely an established thing in movies and TV where a guy um, is just kind of yep. there and chosen, and he has to get trained or assisted or has to work with a more competent female side character who could just do all this herself but because of the way the story is told well we we get the guy yeah but we like scott so yeah well it's also it's not just that we like scott 
It's father. It's a story about fathers and daughters, and and struggling yeah. with legacy, the, the, the concept yeah. of legacy, and who deserves yeah. that it, legacy and who doesn't. I mean, in a lot of ways, like you know, the movie tries to present mm-hmm. Darren Cross as like a, a as like a connection, surrogate to, son, uh, Hank, but really, it's Scott. Yeah, it's. It's mm-hmm. that yeah. neither of these guys really deserve to have what they have. It's right. it sh- both of these things should have went to hope. And that's the movie isn't mm-hmm. saying that's not the case. The movie is like, no, that's absolutely the case. And, and that's yeah. part of Hank's and arc is getting over that and allowing her to be and the wasp. giving it to her, yeah. her at the end. Right. And yeah. she's going to have it in Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp. Right. Um, and, and that's like, you know, like that. That is like that trope is is so is is evident here and it's evident it's much more evident in other movies. But in this one I feel like they specifically address it in that, you know, you have the big training montage where she's like, you know, disdainfully going through the process of being like, This is how you use the suit, this is how you control the ants, this is this how you is actually how you throw fight a punch. face. And and like and she's, she punches she's him in the clearly finger. better at it. But you at the same time, hand, it's a right? part it's a distinctly a part of the story why Hank is not let why, why Hank doesn't want her to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, I I f- I feel like in this narrative it makes sense. It does. And, well, they have and, that scene um uh, you know, we're out of order at this point. Oh yeah, we, uh, we lost the order. In the car. I still want to talk about how Frank's con- criticism of Cross's presentation was bullshit. Can we not can we not talk about Frank cuz that's going to get me nightmares. Let's <laughs> wish. But they have that scene in the car later where Scott's very upfront. He's like, I'm here because I'm expendable. Yeah. And you're not. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really did like that scene. Yeah. He recognizes that Hope is the one who should really be wearing the suit. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, so let's that, talk that about let's talk Frank. about Frank Frank Strawberry Jam. Damn it. Okay. Okay. Can he so at least be like. All, Marmalade, marmalade, or something? No, no, he's literally he's like, strawberry yeah. jam. They said that in the commentary. That that's what he was. Oh, yeah. Okay, so but he, I like strawberry jam. During during Darren Cross's great weapons demonstration, one guy speaks up to to air what I think, frankly, was a bullshit like sort of criticism, like downer line, where he's like, "Oh, so it's just a suit," which you know, I guess he was saying like, "Oh, it's just an Iron Man suit," yeah, or something. Like, yeah, it's basically it's like, "Oh, this is nothing new." But then he's like, "Oh, if you develop this, then our enemies will have it too." And I'm like, "That's that's what do you not think a Iron Man Two was about." <laughs> I was like, "That's not a a legitimate criticism." It kind of feels like if I were Darren Cross in that situation, I mean, I would not murder him later, but I would be like, "Were you asleep for the demonstration and just felt like you had to say something?" Because mm. that <laughs> his Frank's criticism is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Unless unless you're talking about the nuclear bomb. Or, or like a, a plague weapon that can wipe out all life on Earth, mm-hmm. then it is just dumb. Well, and it doesn't it doesn't make any of. sense because it's like any weapon you make, someone could take and 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 make themselves. Like, what, right. are, you ta- yeah. what are you even I mean, talking like the, about? The the Pope, yeah. the Pope, hundreds of years <laughs> ago was terrified of how dangerous the crossbow was, and he's like, crossbows are terrible. We should make them illegal. Just oh boy. Whatever. Yeah, but um, not great logic yeah, on, on Frank's part. So, so Frank, especially if, not great 
because he ended up in a bathroom as a pile of goo well, on the floor. Yeah, that part is bad. Um, <laughs> but also, especially not great because there are legitimate criticisms Frank could have, you know, concerns yeah. that Frank could have raised if he had been paying attention like, and not sleepwalking like a dun-dun. What is this going to do to our servicemen? Yeah, it's like, are you telling me that people can be shrunk down to the size of an ant with no adverse effects? Like, what happened? Didn't, you know, like, didn't we go through this is, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? How has the human <laughs> testing been going? Can you show me this being actually done because because they just you know they they just come in and show him like the miniaturized suit like mm. there's just a mini suit right. and i'm like there's okay no why actual demo with this nothing there's no shrinking demonstration at all it's just like okay so you built a mini fig for dungeons and dragons good for you and how <laughs> many <laughs> how many oatmeal cream pies will be out in the field <laughs> to feed our soldiers <laughs> <laughs> It's just it, you know. There and like, were what's the what's the failure rate on this thing? Is it going to be like one in a hundred, or one in a thousand, or one in ten thousand of our soldiers? How many of them are going to end up on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> so there I'm are never there eating are peanut butter and jelly again. There are legitimate things Frank could have said. He said the bullshit he said, and because Darren Cross is going mad, he confronts him in the bathroom and <laughs> liquidates him. Oh my god. <laughs> And, and Scott, you you were saying something about there being like a worse take of yeah. He him. They, so they did they did a couple of takes after like he wipes him up off the off the floor, which is just yeah, the most. Yeah. It's the most humiliating. The fact that he it, right. it's the worst. The worst part is not even that he kills him in the way that he does. It's that he gets flushed down the toilet. Yeah, it's that he just gets yeah. wiped up off the floor, <laughs> flushed on the toilet. But apparently it could have been worse because there was a take where Darren Cross just licks him off of the napkin. And that, dear listeners, just crosses a line. <laughs> Darren crosses a line. <laughs> it dares to cross. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, I Darren That's not. disgusting. Yep. Also, okay, so there's here's a thing that, I mean, I suppose now is as good a time to talk about it as any. So he, he, he liquefies him, he turns into a tiny splat, but what it did was, like, it reduced the size, like, the space between atoms. And the density? And, and the, okay, but yeah, so the density, like, he's Increases. able to punch... And it's like he's got the same mass in the in the smaller space. Shouldn't that smear weigh like 180 pounds? Like Mjolnir. Well, it's not working right yet. Ugh, whatever. Still, I mean, we're shooting for the density of a neutron star here. <laughs> nope. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 yeah, the physics of Ant-Man just, we already established. That's, try not to think about it. I'm, I'm going to try, I'm going to try not to think Science! about it. I'm going to try not to think about it. But I mean, like, there are just inconsistent moments where, like, at one point he, like, falls and he, when he lands, he breaks a tile. And another point where, like, he lands on somebody's gun, but it doesn't affect their aim yeah. at all. Kind of like, like Cap's shield. Whatever. Yeah. We're just playing fast and loose with the laws of physics. Yes, here. that's physics true. Physics does that's not true. exist. Yeah. I should let it go. Physics does not I exist. It is a it construct it of our imagination. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. So, oh, yeah. So, so going back to Scott, Scott Lang now. Scott goes to the birthday party. Crashes his daughter's birthday party, yeah. and I, he just, gets I actually really he like this. He can't be there because whole dynamic. Because yeah. he, you know, he just got he out of wasn't prison. Invited. He just got out of prison. Yep. He doesn't He's have a got, job. Uh, he doesn't have an apartment. 
his his ex-wife Judy Greer, the perpetual ex-wife, and uh, and uh, her new husband Bobby Cannavale, uh, the perpetual you know stepdad. Like, for the ex-wife and stepdad, I think they're handled really well they in are. this film. Oh yeah, they're people. Because you could easily have had like very characterish. Oh, they're just standing in the way of him and his daughter. Um, although here's another thing uh, I was just thinking about, which is that in the comics, Scott Lang's origin story, you know, focused more on uh, the crime was to get money for Cassie. Who it was, was more sick. of like a Breaking Bad type get money. Well, yeah, ish. <laughs> ish. Like... Which can only happen in America. <laughs> Breaking Bad in Canada. <laughs> You have cancer. Your treatment starts in two weeks. <laughs> but but it, it gives a reason for Maggie to not want Scott to be around his mm-hmm. daughter. Yeah. Whereas I think if he had been doing this, he was going on this heist to get the money for her medicine. It's, you know, it's a very different story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because that was and, you know, that was the de- thing that brought uh, that brought Scott and Hank together. Was that because mm-hmm. he, you know, he got a job as like, I think he was a janitor, right? Yeah. Janitor. He's a janitor at Pym Industries and then finds the Ant-Man suit, steals it, uh, and then starts working for uh, like a mob guy and is like stealing stuff for the guy to earn money. But then basically gets like blackmailed by the guy and he has to go back right. to Hank, Hank Pym and be like – Look, man, I stole the suit. I'm in a lot of trouble. I don't know what to do. And he's like, why are you doing this? My daughter's sick. I'm trying to get her medicine. And he was like, oh, we're taking this guy down. Um, and that's yeah. – I, I like that that sort of uh, – that origin because it's it's like, oh, it, it kind of – it doesn't just show you that Scott's a hero. It also shows you the kind of hero that Hank is because he's like, oh, this guy stole my suit. But rather than knock him on the wrist for it, I'm going uh-huh. to be like, oh, oh, you had a good reason for it. Okay, well, let's take care of this then. And it just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a really good origin. Um, I like that. It is really good. But, you know, this adaptation, I think, does really yes, well. it works. And uh, he lets Scott steal the right. suit. He arranges for Scott to steal the suit. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Also, uh, let's start. Okay, we'll get to the arrangement in a moment. But first, yeah, <laughs> God. So yeah, perpetual ex-wife Judy Greer and kind of all the step stepdad. Like yeah, in in a lesser movie, those two definitely would have been assholes. Mm-hmm. But and and also, in, she is not perpetually an ex-wife because she plays Cheryl slash Carol on Archer, and she's just batshit crazy. <laughs> That's there. true, but and Archer doesn't really count in, towards that. And in every other movie, uh, she on. is the best friend of the main female character. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's true. That's true. Yep. Judy Greer. Judy Greer is is a very. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I don't know what she does, uh, as a career in this movie. I, they never really go into it, but she's a very capable mother and, oh, and, sure. and just yeah. like mm-hmm. a really, really well written mother and is really worried about her kid's best interest. And that's all yeah. really she's, great. She's even worried about Scott. Yeah, like, totally. You can tell. She yeah, totally. She's, yeah. She, she even, cares even, about even her. though they're divorced, even though like he's an ex con, she's, she's still like plugged in and mm-hmm. like worried about him and is like, you know, you need to, you know, if you want to be there for your daughter, you want to be who she wants you to be. You know, you, baby, straighten up and fly right. You, you kind of get the sense that they got divorced while he was in prison. Oh, and yeah. that this was yeah. the first time that she's seen him walking free since the divorce. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it was like sort of a matter of, it was one of those. Mommy you know, was of, so excited she choked on her drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bobby, Bobby Cannavale's character is, I mean, he, he is a, he's a very good detective. He's by the book. He's by the book and he's a very good stepdad. Like he's just trying yeah. his best. He, and yeah, uh, in both of those cases, but, but then he's also not a dick to, to Scott because when he shows yeah. up to the birthday party, he's like, so- you know, I could have you arrested for being here, right? It's a, there's yeah. a restraining order. Yeah. Like I could do that and I'm not doing it, yeah. but I am going to tell you that you should not be here. And yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And that's awesome. Like I he, wish more he, characters he, were like, like the that. Second or third example in the MCU about like a team, pretty good boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause you had, um, Oh yeah, Betty's boyfriend, the, yeah, the you psychologist. Yeah, uh, Phil Dunphy, right? right. <laughs> yes. Right? Doc. Doc. Uh, what? What is his name in the comics? Doc. Uh, oh, oh with the green hair, Doc remember. something. Yeah. I forget. Oh. Yeah, and then you have, um, you know, the sea bass guy. Yeah. Yeah. Less boyfriend, more associate, but he was friendly too. Random. Yeah, a guy, a guy she knew, and he was cooperative and not like upset about things. Sea bass. Who? Seabass. 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 Chris O'Dowd in uh, Thor of the Dark World. Oh my god, I forgot he was in that movie. One of the amusing <laughs> moments. That's the thing about Thor the Dark World is there, you know, the movie itself was like on, on the total. Was you not, watch not great, it but and there five were some minutes fun later moments. you forget what it's about. I, I, there there were some fun moments. I remember Milnia and that's and that's it. That's which it. was in the first that's one. All. Which was in the first one. She calls me Mjolnir uh, Mew Mew. Yeah, that's all I remember. Like I totally forgot that we she did it in the first one too. We all remember confused Mew Mew. Mew Mew. Oh, man. Darcy. I miss Darcy. She should come okay. back. Back on Ant-Man. target. Oh, yeah. Ant-Man. <laughs> so Scott has shown up to the birthday party. Well, not been talking for an hour. That would be very bad manners. And has brought nightmare fuel with him. <laughs> well, we All we right, talked guys, about we talked about the birthday party earlier in the episode. Um, <laughs> we so, did. We did. Yeah, we okay. did. Yeah, yeah, the, the and, then we, and then we came back. But yeah. It's all of yeah. that is good. And then oh, what, what, and then it's after that is when he decides that he's going to take the job, yeah. right? Yeah. So he goes yep. back and you see the van is, the van is parked outside the convenience store or whatever is below the apartment. Well, cause he and does he's that doing, math. Right. He's, he's doing trying the math. to figure out. It's like 377 days till he can see Cassie or something. Mm-hmm. And then he and goes like, upstairs. Any money. And then he goes upstairs and there's more waffles. Also, again, he again, he is, li- he is such a good friend. Michael Pena is such a good friend. He just is letting Scott use his van whenever he wants. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. oh, you want to go see Cassie for his birthday? Yeah, you can take the van. Like, that's awesome. Like, what a great friend. I don't need it for anything. We're yeah. fine. Right, We're just going to hang out here. Because his cousins will probably pick him up and give him a ride in Oh, that's beautiful. I love, love it. How many cousins does he have? He has a lot of cousins. We may never know. That's why yeah. he's a family man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get his first uh, recap. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh. Just just focus and give it to me straight. <laughs> he can't. The, just he can't. Give the the recap. Just give me the details. Um, the recap is one of the first examples of a thing that people point out. They're, they're like, "Oh, that was definitely an Edgar Wright thing." I could totally see Edgar Wright directing that, and uh, it's not. It's a Peyton Reed thing. That's something he <laughs> created for this. The nice. More you know. Yeah. Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Not. Not good that uh, Edgar Wright gets the credit for it, but you know, right. <laughs> it's like, all right, good job, Peyton Reed. <clears throat> yeah, that, oh, that's good to know. Are, I mean, they're the they're like the comedic backbone of the movie. Yeah, they've got that kind of drunk history vibe to them, with 
yeah, you know, the people yeah. acting it out, but it's and like saying and speaking yeah, his lines voice. as he's going. Yeah, it's, it's although good. although my my OCD is like making me want a third one because of the rule of threes and there's only two of them and it, uh, that, that yeah, drives me a little true. crazy but other than that that is fair the main that is fair. one needs to be a recap of everything that's happened in the MCU people, right? yes. people have been saying that's that. going to be the third one it's Infinity people War people have been saying that mm-hmm. people have said that enough they might actually do it and we've got a I couple of so. weeks yet they could put that out as a we just have time. A, on the I, no, well no they could do it to uh, promote uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp after after yeah. Infinity War that's true. Oh, that's yes. true. When does Ant Man on the Wasp? July. Come out? July. This summer. Oh wow, yeah. that's fast. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Yep. Wow. Yeah. There's no fall movies this year. Um, Ant Man of the Wasp is the last one. Did you guys July. watch? Did you guys watch Community? Yes. Okay. Yes. Ant Man and the Wasp is written by the by the writer of uh, of the 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 Dungeons and Dragons like eight sided die like alternate <gasps> universe episode. No fucking way. Yeah. He, no fucking yeah. Way. Chris Chris McKenna wrote the I am in on the Wasp. Remedial Chaos Theory. Yeah. Remedial Chaos oh, Theory. That's, yep. <gasps> oh, that's the writer of that episode is writing Ant Man and the Wasp. That's pretty encouraging. I like yep. that. It's just, I just, yeah, remedial chaos theory is one of my. It has one of my yes. favorite jokes of all time in anything, which is, "What does a pregnancy test look like?" Well, it's like a stick with a thing. Okay, so this is definitely a gun. <laughs> definitely a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite jokes I've ever seen in anything. <laughs> God, community is so good. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, that guy, that guy, the guy who wrote the be- one of the best jokes I've ever seen is writing Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> so now they're going on the heist to steal the suit, and this is just... Parkour, parkour, parkour! Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love this Phenomenal so much. Phenomenal fight, uh, phenomenal heist. Well, it scene. just shows you how capable Scott P- Pym is, or uh, Scott Pym, Scott Lang, <laughs> how, how, how capable Scott Lang is as a, as yeah. a burglar. Like, he's really yeah. smart mm-hmm. and can think on his feet. Uh, this yep. ticks all he of the, the boxes. He adapts and overcomes. Yeah. He's just really, really good at his job, which is yep. one of the things where it's like when we talk about the 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 capability, the born. the capability sexism or whatever between him and Hope, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's capable. It's too. it's entirely there. Like I'm not saying that it's not there. Like Hope Van Dyne is a fucking badass in this movie, but. At least they're not being like, and then there's this piece of shit. Like in like yeah, he's not a schlub, you know? Right. Yeah, he's just he's just really no. really awesome at different things. Right, totally. Mm-hmm. Which is why they'll make like, a really good team in the sequel. Yeah, like <laughs> yes, like busting open safes that are made out of the same steel as Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> so he made an iceberg for himself. <laughs> Ice expands, steel does not. Uh, that would have been an. Uh, everybody I, died. I, uh, everybody oh, died and just every time I hear this reference, I just have to point it out. In like Flynn, like the Russian hacker guy says, "In like Flynn, Errol Flynn was an asshole." Um, <laughs> moving on. That's Sorry. Good to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. For more on that, Bugs! watch the Fog of War. So, <laughs> or 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 listen to the Dollop episode on on Errol Flynn. Okay, that's fine. So he busts open the safe, yeah, and finds no cash, no jewels. It's an old motorcycle nothing. suit. Yeah, it's a motorcycle <laughs> it's suit, some blueprints, suit. and a few jars of weird colored stuff. <laughs> I just love that it's so obviously laid out for him. I know. I know. Like you couldn't. Here's you couldn't the one thing. Here's some jars and some paper. I just, I just wish there was like a little note on it that just said, "Go ahead, take it." 
<laughs> Take me. <laughs> Pick me Take up. Take me. We'll be in touch. <laughs> the scene when he first puts on the suit and he shrinks for the first time cool. is such a well done yeah. scene. Is. This, this yeah. was an Edgar Wright scene, especially him uh, yeah. dropping into the uh, dropping into the club, party. the party, yeah, uh, and, yeah. and going through like the go, running on the like vinyl the clear, record the and clear platforms. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely <laughs> that was definitely in the in the right and in Cornish draft uh-huh. for sure. But just even in the bathtub, mm-hmm. which yeah. suddenly looks like a tundra hellscape, yeah. like yeah. yeah. You understand how overwhelming this would be psychologically for him, and no, no, turn on the water. I don't no. want to see that. Oh. I don't want to see it. I cannot see it. <laughs> His sense of time seems to be distorted yeah. at that size Everything as well. Goes fast it would be, and it goes yeah. Slow. I, I yeah. just love that he has a trial of water. That's my favorite thing. That is. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Um, I wish I could remember. Um, uh, the specific like uh the 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 term for it, but but the smaller an animal is, the small like um like fl- insects, small small rodents, small birds, they actually do perceive time at a different rate because of um like the size of their brains and like the, it makes the closeness to their syn- synapses. Like to us, uh, like to to flies, to mice, to hummingbirds, the rest of the world, like us we move much slower and like uh, larger animals like whales and elephants perceive us as moving very fast right. there there is an Ooh. element of like how big you are determines how you perceive time is yeah. that why it's so hard to swat a fly it is absolutely why it's so hard to swat a fly yeah they, oh their reflexes, yeah. and that's why spiders seem to have a preternatural sense and ability to avoid a danger. Is because sense. A spidey sense? Exactly. <gasps> it, it borders on precognition <laughs> because to, to them, we are slow motion monsters. Yep. That's Literally. fascinating. Yeah. <sighs> Look at these freaks with only two eyes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how slow they go. They We're suck. We're so, yeah, like what would happen if they evolved? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized we look like we look like the Titans from Attack on Titan to flies. Oh, spiders. oh God! Oh Jesus Christ! Ugh. That's what we look like. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. Is that series completed? What's the I don't know. Anyway, whatever. So I, don't wa- I, don't I watched one it. episode, saw the mom get eaten. I don't want to finish like, nope. it. I'm done. <laughs> so and Scott then- puts on the suit, and then he gets the old man voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Talking Scott. It, being like an absolute dick. Like <laughs> Hank, I feel like Hank is at his most Hank Pym in this mo- in this sequence. Keep the like, suit; I'll be in touch. <laughs> oh, like, and then he's immediately like, and, nope, and, packs it up, breaks back into the. No, house. thank you. Oh, no, and thank that, you. And, well, in no, that fantastic, you. we get that fantastic cameo from the guy who played Ant Man on SNL. Um, Which guy? Yeah, the, the guy. No, the guy in the car that he lands on. Wait, no what? Way. Yeah. I knew he had Yeah, yeah, somebody. he's from he's from like early days SNL, like first or second season. They had a oh, they so had a cool. really famous sketch where uh where Jim Belushi plays um not Jim Belushi. Is that right? Jim? No. Joe. Joe. Uh James. James? John James. John Belushi. James John, John Belushi. John Belushi. John, John, John Belushi died. plays the Hulk. 
Oh wait, they're both yeah, dead. Aren't yeah, they? yeah, yeah. Uh, John John anyway. Belushi mm. plays the Hulk, and uh, you know, like Chevy Chase is like Captain America or Spider Man or whatever. And then this guy played Ant Man, so he was <laughs> he was the first person to ever play Ant Man in live action. So oh wow! So they put him in the movie. That's so. I need cool. I need to find. Oh man, oh, those, my God, those older so SNL cool. skits are hard to find on YouTube. Yeah. I wonder if that's up. No, there. it's definitely it. up there. It was, it was, it was making the rounds when it was, uh, when it happened. If we, if we find it, listeners, we'll put it in the yeah. Facebook group. It's a really good sketch. But yeah, I love that the suit freaks him out so much that he breaks in and returns. It. <laughs> yeah, his little no, thank you, no, thank anything. you. I was returning something I stole. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> just and then it's it. just you know, it's just stepdad and his you know beleaguered remember the Titans. Yeah, <laughs> his like yeah, stepdad could have been like he would honestly you know kind uh, of he would been in, he would have definitely been in the right to be a bigger dick about it. But he's like so like what a disappointment. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like he's practicing Think about what his what this dad is doing voice. to Cassie. Uh. Yeah. Know, that's what he yeah. said. I, I right. love that Paxton in this is not only Cassie's stepdad, but like kind of Scott's stepdad also. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Scott yes. is, yeah, for sure. Scott, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Scott is that. another child that needs to be raised. That's, yeah. that's one of my favorite tropes is the, is the, the ex that the new, the new husband or adopts. or whatever sort of adopts as a kid. Yeah. I I feel like I I, I feel like uh, I haven't I haven't watched them before, but I feel like uh, that that trope uh, in uh, in in what is it? Daddy's home is that what that one is? I yeah yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg and right. I feel like I would like that movie because of that trope because I like that trope. I don't know why. <laughs> so mm. then Hank Pym comes in masquerading as his lawyer and continues okay, to. So here's my thing with Hank this. Pym it up. So here's my thing with this because this also pops up in. Um, I was rewatching the end of season one of Jessica Jones yesterday. Yeah. You can't get access to a prisoner just by saying, "Oh, I'm their lawyer." You have to show like ID and <laughs> proof that you're actually a lawyer. <laughs> So if he has money, he could probably get a fake one. I know, but this is one of the tropes that bothers me a lot. Mm-hmm. He's he's you know he's, he's a he's a cape. He was able to set up the situation where he tricked Scott into stealing the suit in the first place. I'm sure I he know. can manage here's, to break in and pretend to be an attorney. Here, here's what I'll say: I think he paid off one of the cops and they let him in. I like that. That's possible. And then the yeah. other cop told everybody that he's his lawyer. Yeah, there's probably some old cop there that's like, oh, that's just crazy old Hank Pym, the Ant-Man. <laughs> he saw he solved some cram- crimes back in the day and saved me when I was a, a young rookie. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, there's just I some like old that. cop who's just like, yeah, it's his attorney. Let him in. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and then you have all the creepy ants crawling all over the camera lens. Like, like this movie uh. is, for me, this movie is constantly, like, this great, like, fun heist movie and this horrible, like, nightmare insect movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because so- I would be screaming and running if the, if there were ants that were acti- actually doing these type of things. Oh, but Anthony yeah. is so cute. Well- Anthony is the cutest uh, well, thing no. ever. Yeah, Anthony does a great job of rehabilitating the entire ant like subspecies, yeah. like whatever 
family. Yeah. I, I remember... Ant propaganda! Ant propaganda. The ant lobby is well pleased by their investment in this film. <laughs> but yeah, oh, like the, the bit where the ants like show up and they do the little countdown timer, 10, 9, 8. He changes into that suit so fast. Seconds. It would take a lot more than he, 10 seconds to get that suit on. He changes so fast. It's changing changing is clothes the is, the, is the one thing in all superhero movies that you just have to let go. You just have to... I know. <laughs> and it's <laughs> fine. And it's, it's not like, the first even, time in this movie like, either. Like Like... Because it, yeah. it happens later like, with Darren Cross getting into the yellow jacket suit. He does it right. like, immediately mm-hmm. in the helicopter. Yeah. The other thing, like, even, like, so Paxton's partner comes down and, like, you, it's even implied that he's still getting dressed as Paxton's partner, like, arrives at his cell before he turns to look at him. <laughs> and, like, there's a thing called peripheral <sighs> vision. Yeah. We're oh, well. just hearing it. Oh, well. Uh. But yeah, he th- so so you know he gets uh, Hank Pym like talking in his ear, and he shrinks down, and he's confronted by the army of ants, and that that's not a that's not a good situation. Like I I don't like yeah okay Antony ends up being cute, but if I was confronted with an ant the size of me, a- Antony landing ooh. is like a scene out of Black Hawk Down. Like it's it, it really is. <laughs> it's a heli- It's a full on helicopter landing in the middle of a infantry. Yeah. Like, We're here to get you out. Extraction. Get on the ant, Scott. <laughs> yeah, get on the ant, Scott. <laughs> Just hold on. Uh, put your put your leg. On get the on the damn and ants. Climb the Scott. thorax. Two forty seven, or is it two forty eight? I don't know. There's a lot of ants. I don't know, but Scott's gonna call it Anthony. I I I, I uh, also, yeah. for some reason, I really think it's funny when. Characters have no patience for other characters who don't want to get on things. I don't, cause, cause the same thing happens <laughs> in, um, in, um, uh, what was the, what was the Mary Poppins movie? Uh, Saving Mr. Banks, right? When, uh, yeah. when Tom Hanks' Walt yeah. Disney is showing, showing, showing her around the park and, and she, he gets to the carousel and she's like, he's like, hey, let's go for a ride. And she's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, I'm not going to do that. And she, he's like, come on, we'll just do it. We'll get on the ride. We'll have fun. It'll be great. I'm not going to do that. Get on the horse, Pamela. And it's just, <laughs> it's just something about somebody tell, like just having no patience. You like that particular it's, yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's very much a parental thing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oops, Hank Pym now has another child. Yep. Uh, yeah, and so he gets he gets queasy and he goes to sleep into a coma and then he wakes up and, and Evangeline Lily is watching over him while he sleeps. Which is like a creepy introduction like for him to hope, but also really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bullet ants, man. And she's like <sighs> her, oh. that, she's just standing there texting and yeah. smirking. Yeah, she's like texting, and it kind of made me think of Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Oh yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, this is this is what Negasonic Teenage Warhead grows up into. <laughs> oh, uh, the bull, the bullet ants are terrifying. Oh my god! Oh yeah, he's like, I'm not gonna step on you, and you're not gonna bite me. They're everywhere. Yeah. They were t- like, they're in the bedroom. They're in the hallway. They're probably on the stairs. Mm-hmm. I just like and he's just like stepping very gently and hoping they move out of the way so he doesn't die. Again, walking a fine line between a fun movie and a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I really feel bad because uh, <laughs> they describe it in the commentary, like the actual 
like what the actual nature because you know I, I think she has like a little Hope Ho yeah. has like a little exposition about what they are and what they do right but but like top on the Schofield pain index or something right yeah. right but he was like he was like yeah we say that but we don't we don't really go into it it is literally the single most painful thing that you can feel and live through it and it's there, oh, that poor security guard. Yeah, there, and that poor security guard. Yeah, the security guard, guard does not get gets, like, like the full effect. No, he gets like twenty different ants on it. Yeah, it's it's apparently three days of excruciating pain that just gets worse. Oh my god! <laughs> like you in a coma, excruciating. Yeah, pain. yeah, yeah. Ugh. Apparently, there are there are like certain tribes and things that you know you're you're sort of like I don't know whatever the equivalent of a bar mitzvah is. Um, for oh. for for them is you get right of passage. You get, Congratulations! You, you put You're your a man. yeah. You put your hand into a glove full of bullet ants. Oh my god! I'm gonna cry. And get bit, and then and then if you survive that, if you get through it, then you're a man now. And I just I'm gonna sleep great. That's why just, those are small tribes. Yeah, that is horrifying. That is horrifying. Um. So anyway, I really just wanted to raise that up to another level. The bullet ants are one of the most horrifying things I've ever heard of. <laughs> oh, what a terrible neighbor! Scott's like, can you as the can you imagine ant. like Hank Pym's neighbors and like the ant problems they must have? You know, I think they would have the opposite right. of ant problems because I'm pretty sure all the ants are hanging right, out. Right, because they would Pym's all be house. doing Hank Pym's win. Yeah, he mm, probably feeds them. I don't know. Okay, yeah. okay. They eat well. They have I, fun. I'm just concerned. They have sugar. Uh, all right. They don't have sugar. They have to put sugar in tea. So they don't actually. Get I'm tea. sure they have the sugar too. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we we he he goes to the uh, to the dining room and he gets the full introduction and exposition and explanation and gets to meet Hank and Hope and and, and see the ants in action. To you don't need to raise your hand, Scott. <laughs> you know. Okay. Can I tell? Can I can I tell a story about that joke? Because okay. I directed yeah. I directed a short film. It's on it's on the website on Dueling Genre called Unexceptional, and there is a joke in Unexceptional where someone raises their hand and another character goes, "You don't have to raise your hand." And then I saw this movie. I think like six months later, and it was like. Oh my god, it's our joke! And I was like, what? Now everyone's gonna think I ripped it off from Ant-Man and I didn't. We did this before. No! It's a pretty, it's a pretty easy joke to me. Yeah. No, it is. But still. Is. But yeah, so. oh, I totally, I totally get it. Yeah. Also, you should absolutely go watch Unexceptional. It is amazing and so is, um, oh yeah. shoot. The, the, the Cupid Division. Yay. The Cupid the Cupid Division, thank you. I was like, yeah. department? That's not right. I'm pretty sure I've seen Unexceptional. Right, Ray? You showed I think I showed them yeah. to you You're because I'm like, here, look at all my awesome Geek by Night co-people <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. You don't have to raise your hand, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw this with... I saw this with Chelsea, who's the lead in Unexceptional, and we both turned and looked at each other when that happened because we were like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're screwed. I love the training montage. It is yeah. good. Oh, it's I love, really great. I love montages generally. Like, you oh, know, me too. I, I, I like the Rocky movies. Oh, so good. Like the, you know, Karate Kids, like 80s action movies. It, it's a very empathetic montage because it's not, it's not like, 
it's not like Scott is getting like super tough or anything. He's fight. He's he's learning how to yeah. fight and stuff with with hope. But it's not like a really super macho masculine kind yeah, of thing. It's, it's 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 like it's literally like you know now go run with the ants and he's like he goes and he runs with them and then he like becomes friends and like hangs out with them and like pets them yeah. and stuff exactly. it's definitely not like and he uh, has multiple freakouts where he kind smart. of pops out from yeah, underground yeah. Those that was a lot scarier a second ago those were all yeah. all of every time paul rudd went on like a morning show to promote the movie and they showed a clip it was always the clip of him shrinking down and running through one of the little tunnels and like blowing back up as big scott because he got scared uh-huh. <laughs> that was that was the promo clip that they showed uh, unless he was on conan and then it's always that clip from mac and me right exactly <laughs> uh, yeah that's a really good montage and it, and i like it too because because he's charming well well because uh hope is getting frustrated the whole time because she's just like this guy yeah. sucks yeah he sucks yeah. I know all this. I can do all this. I have the capability to do this. We're wasting yeah. time. Look at how we quickly totally I skip- can beat him up. Uh, we, and we totally skipped over the, uh, like, Scott's, like, you know, good point that he raised before the montage even began. I think our first step should be to call the Avengers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I spent decades of my life trying to keep this technology out of the hands of Howard Stark. And you think I'm just going to turn around and give it to another one? <laughs> Oh, that's good. Um, then we get that we get that great scene that's between not a fair between point. him and Hope in the car, where he's like, yeah, e- yeah I- I'm no, expendable. No. After she has scared everyone by like blotting out the sun with the ants, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I-, I I gotta say, as martial arts trainings go, like like she is not nice to him. No, she is no. not. No. That's not, let me show you how to punch, and then like punches him. Were you even aiming for the hand? It's like you jerk. Definitely not. <laughs> and it's not cool. Not cool. She's making a point. She was, but she was angry. Her she motivation angry at that point is not really to help him, but to prove that she's the one that should be doing yeah, it. Exactly. She was. She was definitely in that point where where she's like, "This is stupid. Why don't I just do it?" Yep. And then they bond a little bit because she's like, "I didn't know you had a daughter when I called the cops." Yeah. Sorry. Oops. Oops. Also, you're super cute. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, cute boy. <laughs> yeah, oh no, yeah. Cu- oh no, cute boy, for sure. <laughs> like, but a begrudging one, like an oh no, cute boy. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's still mad. The, the look of Hope yeah. being sort of like charmed by Scott, like she can't help but be a little charmed by him. Um, and then right. and then seeing his abs. And being like, wait, what? And she is did the stare same. Is, is exactly <laughs> yeah, she, what she, she, every she single person Rudd. who saw this trailer did. Yep. <laughs> Which they're like, yep. wait, wait, wait. Paul Rudd has Paul abs? Hold hot. on. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't enough that he's charismatic as hell? Like, he needs to have abs too? Oh, my God. And then after this magical healing scene between the two of them, there was a magical healing scene between Hank and Hope where he, you know... Mm-hmm. Admits to the whole thing. Admits he's been lying. Situation. And you finally get the Jan exposition. Yeah. 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 I I cannot wait. It comes out of. I cannot wait to meet her in in Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, me too. Me too. And and Michelle Pfeiffer. uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, right? Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't wait. That's crazy. 
And she's not. Yeah, the trailer didn't show her at no. all, did it? No, Mm-mm. no. It made sure, oh, like even in the even in the picture oh. of them holding Baby Hope, like her head is down and covered by a hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because they didn't have her cast exactly. yet. <laughs> but like, even gotta when make they, cool. like, but I'm saying, like, even in Iron Man, they like cast. They use like stock like pictures of old timey Howard Stark. Um, yeah, it is so good. yeah, so Darren's about to make a breakthrough. You know, he's keep he keeps trying with all of these lambs, the poor the poor things. No, instead of mice, poor lamb chops. I love lamb chops. Lamb chop, I used to watch all the time. Lamb chops play along. <laughs> Poor lamb. But yeah, he finally like gets it. I, I think the worst part is that he kills a lamb and turns it into the strawberry jam, uh-huh. and which is bad enough because then he says like bring in the the next lamb. Bring or in thirty five C. And he's he's just and then, yeah he's just a complete monster. Yeah. But then but then the worst part with is no that, change right with no change no change. But then he gets it. But then and then he like flicks. Yeah the thing. yeah yeah. yeah he shook it. I was like oh. I was like you finally get to survive. And then you still have to be a dick. God damn it. Yeah. Darren. The poor lamb must have been so scared. Just wanted to protect him. So sad. And now they have to go on another break in. Because they need something. They have to break into an abandoned uh, Stark. Right, for practice. In upstate New York. Oh, right, there's, right. There's not going to be right. any problem. The scene that didn't make They any... need the signal uh, <laughs> signal spoofer or whatever it's it is. It's an old warehouse. This what is the could only go wrong? scene, aside from the mention of the Avengers earlier, that connects it to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, the first scene does when he's well, at, that, like, the yeah. Triskelion under construction you, in 1989. If you, but if you remove that and you remove the, hey, let's call the <laughs> Avengers line, then it's an entirely, like, it can be a movie of its own. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it would still be fun. But, <laughs> yeah, this is, so this is a fun scene. It is. But at the same time, it's a fun scene, but it kind of doesn't, like, it. I don't no, know. No, 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 because it, it, it does lead us into Civil War directly. It does. Yeah. Yes. I know it Yeah, guy. I guess so. And and it's, yeah, it's definitely like a part of the whole and a part of the greater, yep. like, sort of MCU narrative. Yep. And hell, maybe this is part of the reason Edgar Wright was like, mm-mm. It, it, it uh, 100% is the reason why, yeah. So anyway, Ant Man drops out of a out of a commercial airliner uh, to <laughs> to uh, to go attack this this Stark like this Stark warehouser, and and then he's like, guys, I think this is gonna be a problem. <laughs> I I what do you mean? I love first of all, their range on whatever radios they're on are amazing. First of yeah. all, yeah. Second yeah. of all, I assume it's satellite. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it probably is. It's still incredible. It doesn't matter. It's a Skype Te- call. Technology is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a Skype call, they wouldn't be able to actually yeah. talk. Um, yeah. It would it would cut out and they'd have to start over. Um, It'd be Megatron all over the place. The uh, the the I, I okay. So first of all, that's amazing. But second of all, I love that he has to go all the way across the country to do this, and then we don't see it. But he obviously has to go all the way back. Yeah, <laughs> and I just I love the fact that like on the way there, it's very exciting. Like I'm gonna break into like the new Avengers warehouse. It's oh, so hyped up. This is gonna, this be, is gonna so be great. On the way back, that's a six hour flight of just like sadness. 
It's not well. It's not sad. He got the thing. Yeah, I know, but it's just it's just like well, I'm he done. He succeeded. Uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like yeah, it's kind of a letdown, like a you know deflating moment, and it's just like oh well, now I have to do this incredibly yeah, mundane like, of mundane thing of flying across the country. They've been stressing the sense of urgency, like adrenaline dump. Is super close to this like thing, and now he has to waste like yeah. a day yeah. going back and forth. Yeah. So he gets to he gets to fight the falcon. <laughs> Poor Sam. Mm-hmm. Poor you can't Sam. see me. I'm too small. I see you. About this. <laughs> I have an image. Oh my to god! He, I see you, he, and he can probably pick up his radio. You know, too. like here. Okay, so here's the thing. So Chris said, like, okay, this this scene is really just here for you know ac- extracurricular activities, which yeah. which is which. Okay, I I don't disagree. But however, what it does do for the movie is it shows you outside of the context of the of of ant-man on his own it shows you how badass ant-man can be yeah yeah and it shows you how much scott can think outside of the box yeah because they clearly had a plan going in and scott had to improvise everything yeah he's Mm -hmm. good at that and he's still and he walked away with a successful mission he didn't kill me i fought the falcon and i didn't die <laughs> I love that. How does he know his name is the Falcon? Is that something they send out a? He's on the is news. That something they send out a press release. There, there would have been there, there yeah, would have been news coverage point. of what happened at the Triskelion yeah. and the whole civil the the whole um, Winter Soldier incident. And it'd be like this, uh, you know, veteran Sam Wilson flying around over Washington D.C. with Captain America. It'd be it'd be all over. Yeah, like, and at the end of Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. he's one of the new oh, Avengers. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Oh, dude. <laughs> so, I wonder what 24 hour news is like in the MC. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. We're gonna save that conversation. We're gonna just keep powering through Ant Man here. <laughs> Are we? Yes. <laughs> because it's time for those three wombats. We're almost there. We need. Those we need. Wombats. They need. Look, they need help. Okay. Yeah. They do not yeah. have they enough manpower in order to infiltrate Pimtech and carry out their plan, and they need some That's wombats. That's true. That's true. Oh, Daddy, don't get scared. What? A, Daddy, don't get scared. What an. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought you said Daddy, don't get, get scared. Get it off me! Get it off me! Get it off That's me! Some, that some David Copperfield shit right there. Oh wow. <laughs> I gave them each a tranquilizer. What what does he say about gypsies? (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude. that Gypsy magic. This is some wizardry. Sorcery. Yep. (laughs) Oh, my God. Gypsies, wizardry, sorcery. (laughs) Yep. Any sufficiently advanced science technology is is indistinguishable from from magic. So good. Uh, So, yeah, the, the whole heist, I think, is incredibly well done and it just it really, really well executed i mean it really feels like you're watching an oceans 11 movie but with a guy who talks yeah. to ants. yeah um yeah <laughs> i only had like one issue with that but that'll be later on but yeah the whole heist and like the use of all of the characters at, in you know for yeah. their own even the wombats yeah they got great especially parts especially the, the wombats, wombats are great like, they couldn't have done any of it them. without them <laughs> Are we the heroes right now? It feels really weird. They are. Are we the good guys? <laughs> it's like, the opposite of the. Are we the baddies? Oh, and there was like a great little like uh like sort of like a uh, foreshadowing of payoff, like where Luis like uh, when he picks Scott up and Scott's like oh oh yeah you know I can't you know like he can take a punch like a you know, whatever he's like I couldn't hurt him or anything and Luis is like oh yeah like I knocked him out or something like he's like I've got a great punch. Throughout the and, movie, you get this feeling that Luis is like this pushover. 
Yeah, no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> he's got a, no, he's, he's got a mean he's left hook. All of that, all of that, all of that sadness in he in his life, he just concentrates into his fist. He's he's the real so iron, like fist, iron fist, you guys. Yeah. He's sad iron he's fist. Sad he's the iron fist of Kunlun. <laughs> he should real... show up and take Danny Rand's place. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> we just made season two of Iron Fist better. Is that when the bullet ants take out the security guy in the oh, fancier suit? He punches that him out. He, he ta- well, A, he punches him out, but then he takes the fancy suit. Yep. Oh my god, yes. That's a nice gun. I just noticed that. <laughs> oh. He's like, I'm ditching this security guard thing and I'm taking the nice suit. Yeah, because like, I had noticed that when I was watching. I knew that he went from like security uniform to security suit. And I'm like, how did that happen? But now it makes sense. Yeah, he took it from the guy who got bit by the bullet ants. Yeah, which is why when that guy's tied up, you see his, like, dress socks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? Luis is a good dude. When the place is about to blow, he makes sure he doesn't leave yeah. that guy there. Oh, man. Uh, but what about the first guy he knocks out? He had already woken well, up. Well, he can't. He's not walking past no, him. No, the first guy already like he's going woke out up. of his way. What? The first guy woke up already. Mm. Oh, he, he woke up already? Yeah. Are we sure? Yeah. Okay, all right. We'll just we'll let enough. that go. That's easy enough. And then uh, we get we get the tragic and heroic death of Antony, oh. which is this, this, oh, well, we I, skipped I think over I the whole like, yeah. confrontation and the, like how it was all a trap yeah. and and like Cross has like, got you know the gun to his head and he shoots minute, he, like the minute uh, I started to be like oh Antony is really cute he's like a kitten I knew he was going to die mm-hmm. I knew it <laughs> Dude, as soon as he had a name you yeah. knew he was going well because like the 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 idea of it is really is really interesting because it's like the noble steed. well we only we only care about Antony because he's he's steed sized but right. but. Like he's just an ant, and we kill ants all the time, and don't think anything of it. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I've probably killed does hundreds a, of ants in my care, life. Does a boot care about an ant? Yeah. yeah, and yeah, the movie made us care about an ant, and that's because yeah, Ant Man. Ant Man needs to confront Loki. We cared about Antony because Scott cared about Antony. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Him, you know, gave him the cute name. Yeah. Although, like that that whole thing where like Cross sees like the swarm of ants coming and takes a pistol and shoots <laughs> at a swarm of ants. Look, there's there's a reason. I I really wish I really wish they would have just cut to a wide shot just to see just a little <laughs> tiny <laughs> ants and him just firing a gun wildly at the ants. Like the best it's example the of what, what that swarm of ants could have done to that helicopter <laughs> is when the helicopter takes off and the swarm of ants is just like dispersed. Yeah, it would have been it would have been like that that shot where you see the the train fall off the track in at in the yeah. in the main fight where you just cut to the wide yeah. and you're like, no, actually, this is really silly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. what are the actual chances of if you see a swarm of insects? And you fire a gun at it. Are you actually going to hit any of the insects? No. I mean, he's completely lost no, his mind at this point. But at this point, he's not exactly yeah. mentally stable. Right. Also, yeah. we we forgot to mention that the dude from the flashback showed up again. Yeah, <laughs> from Hydra. Yeah, he's like just he's just flat out like I'm Hydra. I'm oh, here yeah. to buy your suits. Yeah, he's not even he's not even pretending to be Shield anymore. He's just straight up Hydra. Hail Hydra, Ooh. you. Hydra hug. No, no Hydra hugs. Here is your daily <laughs> reminder that Hydra is Nazis. Really Thank you, and have a nice day.
And then we get we get my probably my favorite sequence in the whole movie, which is the the disintegration fight in the briefcase. Which yes, oh my god, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Oh, fast costume change. I'm going to disintegrate you. Fast costume change. (laughs) Yeah, the fast the the yeah. Cross gets Cross gets into the uh, into the yellow jacket suit. Like lickety split. The disintegration scene, I think my favorite, the thing that I like freaked out about when I was watching, because number one, The Cure is my favorite band of all time, period. Disintegrate you. Um, <laughs> playing disintegration by The but, Cure. But the fact, <laughs> the, the fact that I, I was really struck because they did not play a single off of disintegration, which you would think you would do. You would play like, I don't know, Love Song or whatever, uh, Fascination yeah. Street, something, some, some sort of single off of disintegration. So people would be like, Oh, the cure. I know them, but no, they played the first, the opening track of disintegration, an album that I've heard a billion times and know exactly how it starts. And they played <laughs> the first track, which I've never ever heard in a movie before. And I was like, That's this cool. is incredible. I love this. It's so cool, much. but it also makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. It's like, yeah. 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 Siri's like, going to start yeah. up the album right. from the beginning. Right. Yep. So, the bug zapper. I love that. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So they land the in, pool. they land in the pool and there's like, and a they, and, and they pop up and they're fighting in like the suburban, you know, like backyard. And he grabs a ping pong this paddle. poor family. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to enjoy an evening in the backyard. And then all of a sudden, there's these two freaks in suits. I don't have time for this <laughs> shit, guys. I'm trying to have a barbecue. Oh, man. Yeah, their 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 fight is is pretty good. And then like the ping pong paddle, pop, and just knocks him into the yep. into the bug zapper. And then he gets arrested. But 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 but. but. He doesn't but, but, just but, get arrested, he gets tased, so he gets his just desserts. Yes. It's an ironic yes. taking in. Yep. It's like, oh, he got zapped, yep. you got zapped. It's perfect. Yes, and then man. Darren gets doubly shocked, get his, I guess, back. Uh, escaped, escaped police custody again. First... Yep, Ooh. yep. And Darren Cross proves himself to be an insane yeah. dick. I love that moment where, where Scott is trying to put on the Ant-Man helmet without his hands. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like chewing on the antenna. Yeah. <laughs> and he, kinda, he looks like my cat. Like when he's trying to do, oh, yeah, like nuzzle sure. his head yeah. into it. I'm yeah. like, that's, that's how my cat rolls <laughs> like around on the ground. Yeah. Anybody who has a cat who likes to play in bags or boxes knows exactly what this is. <laughs> Well, no. Yeah. If it was a bag, it would, he would be—he would just start running around the room like a insane person. <laughs> <laughs> that too. One of my cats once got his head in a bag, and it scared him so much that he ran like didn't back and forth through my pee? apartment. He knocked over the Xbox and then peed on the living room floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah I had a—I had a cat that got a plastic bag stuck to his tail, and he thought he was chasing him, and he just ran. <laughs> Full speed, full cat speed all around the house with the bag trailing full behind him. When this cat hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so Cassie is a brave little peanut. I love that when Scott shows up, he's, he, like, he unmasks himself and says, Hey, peanut, like completely calmly like just dad and daughter there's not any other threat in the room it's just them you know to calm her down to make her feel hi peanut sort of safe and then she's a smart cookie because as soon as things start happening she hides in the closet 
and watches the train go off the rails. Mm. This is such a good fight scene. I, I love it, it was such a great fight scene, and it was such a great change from, you know, climactic sky mm-hmm. battle. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to top it's... this in the next movie, but I'm excited to find out. Me too. Well, the thing that's really interesting about it is, like, it's still, it's so epic and so personal and, like, intense. Yeah. And then you but go at the to same the wide time... range and you see the, you know, train just, <laughs> you know, Yeah. But you also kind of get this whole, like, in the grand scheme of things, their personal, you know, squabble is yeah. not. This is what it feels like, even that's if the it's heart, not. That's the heart yeah. of the movie. It's crazy. It doesn't feel. There's also that element of, oh, thank God the child is not actually uh-huh. in danger. There's no child endangerment. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're <laughs> in da- she's in danger. Remember, when the yellow jacket, like, started firing, he killed everyone in the helicopter. Yeah. Well, yeah, but when they're when they're fighting each other. On the little train set. Yeah, like I, if, I don't feel worried if, for if Cassie's a, safety. If the toy right. train were to get thrown into the closet, it would just kind of like bounce around and be <laughs> right. a thrown toy. Yeah, but like the movie is very much like it's a oh hey this is about a a family mm-hmm. as opposed to like oh hey this is about an entire universe of people. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then uh, stepdad shows up. Stepdad. Yeah. So the giant. The giant ant comes ooh, down the ah, stairs. Alright. Dude, ooh, that's an ugly uh, dog. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is, that would not be my response. Um Yeah. That yeah. is that is horrifying. He's been having a really long week, okay. <laughs> I think his brain just like short circuited and he's like, Well, I'm just gonna call that a dog because mm-hmm. my brain cannot comprehend uh the possibility that it's anything else. <laughs> Pretty much. That- that response is not the appropriate respan- response to a giant ant. The appropriate response to a giant ant is, oh my god, shoot it! It 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 runs away, it skitters away so quickly and doesn't pay them oh any mind god. that I feel like I would be in such a state of shock of seeing a giant ant. I would just be like, what was, what did it, am I on drugs? It would just what kinda... just happened? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think eventually you would convince yourself that you didn't see so, it. So, back up in the bedroom, we have the yellow jacket and Scott, and they're going at it. And I, I think, you know, yellow jacket gets sick of being small. The so battle he, of the bugs. He he goes back to his normal size, yep. and is he has his like laser things focused mm-hmm. on Cassie and Paxton, and. Makes he makes like some kind of cracks, like it's made out of titanium, right? Because Scott shrinks down and tries to go in through one of the screws. Yeah, yeah. So you know, then you have you were reminded of uh, Chekhov's nuclear <laughs> missile. Yeah. Chekhov shrinking between the atoms. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with some proper setup and payoff. That's just called good no. story structure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We like to point it out every time. I know, but I do think that some people say that. Like, they're, like, it's a, like, oh, they shouldn't have set that up properly. They should have just had it come out of nowhere. (laughs) Well, that one has to be, that has to be set up. Yeah, no, I agree. The only way that you can get the payoff in the end for this is that it has to be set up. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's just most of the time when people make fun of the checkoff thing, they're making fun of it in, like, a disgruntled Way. I love yeah. it. Oh no! Yeah, no, like, it's great. It's it's proper story structure is what yeah, it is. Yeah, like if we if if you listen to our Winter Soldier episode, we absolutely vented about the fact that they did not check off the face mesh properly, mm. uh, 
and we located the exact spot in the movie where they should have put it. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey, they didn't check it off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Perfect. <laughs> so Scott fucks with the regulator to get between the atoms. And-, and then, I guess, in the process of shrinking down to teeny tiny, you know... You Between can see, the like, atoms, the processors he, and everything. He goes through it. Like, this is one of the things I had a problem with with the uh, flashback. Was like, okay, so she shrinks down, but how does that dismantle that missile? And I guess it takes her through just all the stuff and destroys everything. So, because like if you're between the atoms, you're not really disrupting anything. She, she gets in there and right? like, you know, well, no, because I, I think we're just not seeing it. I yeah. think, I, I, because I think the idea is that you shrink enough to get between the titanium, then you mess everything up that you need to mess up, but then you mm-hmm. just keep shrinking forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if um, to get into past the titanium. You have to be able to get between the molecules or yeah. the atoms or whatever. Then you're too tiny to actually affect anything. Like we saw him smash a computer chip. I'm like, that is bigger than an atom. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm, like, I'm not quite well, sure how the physics of this works. Well, we've been saying that about this Everything entire movie. under the microscope is just the same. It's all just the same. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, the amoeba is the same as <laughs> an atom. How many atoms are in an amoeba? Totally. How many, how many millions? How many? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. My brain, it, it's like dealing with giant ants. I cannot fathom things that are that small. <laughs> well, okay, so maybe it's maybe it's the fact, maybe the, what the regulator does mm-hmm. is it, I mean, obviously we know that it's, um, it, it, you know, it's like a speed regulator, like the thing that you put on your teenager's car to make sure mm-hmm. that they're not driving the governor. over 70 or whatever. Right. I mean, that's essentially what it is. So maybe the idea is that if you take out the regulator, you can shrink between molecules and come back theoretically. Mm-hmm. But without the regulator regulating the 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 seismometer or whatever, um, <laughs> it 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 just kind of like once you do once you go past a certain level, it just sort of goes wackadoo and like you don't really have control over it anymore. Right. Because and so maybe yeah. it's not maybe it's not a consistent shrinkage shrinkage. Maybe it is. It just you lose your regulation of it. You yeah. Know? And that okay. makes sense because qu- quantum physics is just so bonkers. Magic. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Yeah. How did this proton get from here to here without going anywhere in the meantime? I don't know. Magic. <laughs> quantum entanglement. Ye- yellow jacket going out is. Uh, it's adorable. It is. I mean, like, it's, it, it's, it's that cra- whole, but it's like, also horrifying. Witch King like, slash, it, like, Voldemort, like, yeah, crumpling yeah. up on itself and then just, like, well, okay. kind of puffs out. At first, it's terrifying, but then the, yeah. the, the, the tiny little, like, firecracker pop at the Oof. end. Yep. Oh, yeah, cute. that's pretty it's great. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, Paxton and Cassie are just there, like, what? And they're just confused. It's like, right, because he's just happened? gone. Mm-hmm. There's like a little uh, flash, and it's just like, um, is he dead? Daddy, where are <laughs> you? Mm. Oh no, Daddy! I'm yeah, pretty sure he's hella dead. Yeah, oh, he's, uh, he's like, <laughs> he is as dead as it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which okay, so now he's, we get to he's the even, Scott. He's even the... deader than Frank. <sighs> oh, oh, the, the guy, strawberry yeah, jam yeah, strawberry jam, Frank. Dude. That he ate uh, poor Frank. Yeah. 
uh then we get into the we, we follow scott into the macroverse mm-hmm. as he just like tumbles in Quant- now let me ask you guys a question mm-hmm. did you guys did you see janet no yes. i did not there's a shadow yeah. of her ah right yeah as he goes yeah. as he well, goes down well it's kind of like uh, it's a weird like superimposed it's like image. A reflection yeah yeah yeah. Was it like but, one of those uh, weird like geometric things that was happening it's before it's before No, that. no, it's a literally like a reflection on his mask. Yeah. Oh. Mm, I wasn't see, I didn't see it, it but I, obviously I know she's there yeah. because reasons. Um, I liked that they kind of tried tested out the kaleidoscope stuff before we got to Doctor Strange. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> it was really yeah. pretty. Yeah. And I just really uh, like the echoes of, the of Cassie's voice, yeah. even though I don't know if sound waves will even if that remotely would sound the same at that level. They actually they talked about that in the commentary too, because they were like they were saying like, yeah, we wanted it to be nothingness, mm-hmm. but also it needed to it needs like, to be something. There, you can't. Yeah, there needs to be kind of like we can't film. Kind of like every time some little smart ass kid asks a Star Trek panel like. If you can't hear anything in space, how come there are sounds? It's like, well, it's right. boring if there's no sound. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and and I guess originally in this in the script, it was uh, the sound that he hears is the stupid ugly rabbit, <laughs> <laughs> not Cassie. <laughs> that's, well, that's a that's an interesting moment. That's a decision. Yeah. <laughs> that's a oh my god. That's an artistic choice. I'm glad they didn't go with yeah. that. So am I. <laughs> but I like I like that uh, that you know Scott figures out how to use one of the embiggeners to like rig up his regulator yeah. mm-hmm. to you know be be regular sized again. Mm-hmm. And I and I like it because it shows you what makes Scott special as a character. Yeah, which is that he figures shit out. He's like yeah, MacGyver. He's, he's yeah, the MacGyver. We saw it yeah. in the beginning with him getting the fingerprint for the fingerprint safe, mm-hmm. and it's just right. Yeah, he's just good at that, and I like it. And right. and he's an electrical I hope, engineer. I hope so he gets to take Thanos. He can, do he can take Thanos out with a paperclip and a Swiss Army knife. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Chekhov's character abilities. <laughs> Go figure. I mean, him taking him out with a paperclip is about as realistic as, you know, Steve holding Thanos back with the sheer force of his beard. And then Squirrel Girl showed up and saved the day. It's <laughs> definitely the beard that did it. <laughs> it was a pretty awesome beard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so so he re he rebiggins, right? <laughs> and uh you know, has yeah, and he has the reunion with Cassie and then Paxton's like, Well, I really should be arresting this guy, but How? maybe I won't. Paxton's like, Well, there was a technical error the night but uh, the night that uh, you got out of jail, mm-hmm. but um you were pro we everything I was fine. You were processed properly, everything was yeah. fine, you know. Everything's great. Can't can't send Cassie's dad to jail on a technicality. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> slight paperwork Good malfunction, but everything's we're all fine here. How are you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god, that family dinner though! It's adorable. It's so great. It's really cute, uh, and then and the giant ants are the still there. I'm so glad that Cassie is keeping that ant as a pet. <laughs> I am not. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The giant, the giant ant is uh, spectacular. It's it's the one thing that I can point out and be like, that was definitely an. an that makes right me so uncomfortable because it's 
Because it's exactly like Ed in the yeah. shed at the end of Ed Shaun of the, the Dead. Shed. <laughs> um, it's the same. It's the same kind of joke. I also have a huge soft spot for amicable exes. Like only oh, two. Mm-hmm. I really love in the comics Bobby and Clint. Mm-hmm. Like I love mm-hmm. their amicable divorced people relationship. So you know the idea of Scott and Paxton and Maggie all like helping to raise Cassie together it's makes a, me yeah. super happy. <laughs> It's a smushed family. It's great. It's a big hodgepodge mishmash family. Blended. Yep. I love it. And then we get the, you know, the bit with Scott and Hank and Hope Mm -hmm. at the end. And then with the smoochies, which is weird. (laughs) She just grabbed me and kissed me. That was just so inappropriate. (laughs) The smoochies in Scott, you're full of shit. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Okay. Bye. Unbelievable. <laughs> 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 uh, but the I think the best part in the end was you know Luis being like yo you know I was at this thing with my cousin and you know he knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who said sup. <laughs> <laughs> so I was. She's thinking, like a journalist. <laughs> yep. The scene with Luis with um, Sam with Sam looking for Luis. Do you think Civil War has started at that point? Because I was starting to feel like maybe it had. Yeah, because because yeah. uh, he's got like, man, that's a weird timeline. But you know, there's know. the scene in Civil War where where he's where they've got him like stuck in the 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 presser or whatever. Right. You know, they, mm-hmm. it's the mid credits. Yeah, yeah. they've got him. They've got Which him stuck exactly in the uh, in the Civil Terminator War. squisher, and uh, it's like, oh, I, I know a guy, and so it has to be that he went to go and get him. Man, that's crazy. That timeline doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Oh well, Doctor well, Strange. Well, if you think about stay. it, Why I mean, not? think about it. Black Panther took place like before any of any of the other movies after Civil War. Yeah, because yeah, that's like a week or two after. Well, yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't like that doesn't really. That's not like a, a compression going on there. Like you know, Black Panther taking place just a week after Civil War. That's fine. That doesn't affect anything else. Whereas this, like, if if Sam. Uh, I don't know. Why Doctor can't this Strange happen simultaneously went back in time and fixed everything? Because he mm, he's in Germany, and then he says, I know a guy, and then he flies from Germany to, like, San Francisco, and... Mm. I don't actually... No, no Falcon no. doesn't fly there. Falcon gets Clint to get Wanda and uh, Scott. But he yeah, talks but he's, to the journalist. But he's on the, he arrives he's on the, in the van and he's talking asleep. to uh, the, the reporter. The reporter might well, have flown. So here's the thing. I think I don't think that that bit took place during Civil War. I think that bit definitely I don't think took I place. So worked up about this before it. No, 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 no. Because no, I I don't think that's. I think you're thinking of it right. too literal. I think that that's just how he's explaining mm. his story. But I don't think that that's necessary. That could have been a phone ah, okay. call. That could have been a million yeah. things. Yeah, it is. It, didn't it is drunk history. Need to be so. him sitting on the park. Yeah, yeah. It's right, Louis' right, history. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Also features the pro- probably the best Stanley cameo of the <laughs> yeah. Marvel yes. Yeah, crazy stupid fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. So the the mid credit scene was um, Hope getting the armor, Hank getting, and getting the, suit. the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Which it's about damn time. Seriously. <laughs> I like how it was just behind the wall in the in the yeah. safe. It's like you know, if you'd gone a little further <laughs> past the stupid motorcycle suit, although it wouldn't have fit you anyway. So whatever. 
Definitely not. But he would have at least understood the context of the motorcycle suit a little better. Yeah, it would have been like, hey, this is actually really fancy. It looks nice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an old motorcycle suit. Mm. See, but I, I, I really love that. I think it, I think it paints an interesting context on the movie that uh, he had, he yeah. had that wasp yeah. suit the whole time. Like he had made that for her. He just wasn't emotionally ready to let mm-hmm. her have yeah. it. He wasn't guess. in the right yeah, spot. Emotionally, they needed to reconcile and come to an right. understanding, and you know, grow as characters. Yep. I think yeah. at some point he yeah. knew that someday it would come to that. I think he probably assumed he would be long gone he was just before that off. happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's probably one of those things like... Some other day. Some other day or like, if you find this tape, if you're watching this tape, I am already dead. <laughs> you know? Well, and I also I also think it's uh, after Scott comes back from mm-hmm. the Macroverse... He he now he's, he's less, less afraid of it. I, you know, hope, yeah. hope, well, and hope is now his also his hope that she Aww. is going to be alive out there somewhere. And so he's like, oh, you you're you're you are my hope now. So like you get to put on the wasp suit and go find your mom. <laughs> yeah. So Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be about finding Janet. Mm-hmm. And we were chatting Yay. a little bit uh, the other day about what we were thinking is going to be the third movie. Well, you were chatting. Well, yeah. We were chatting at a point. Well, we were chatting. We chatted earlier about the third movie, about, you know, saving maybe, saving that for Cassie's illness and getting Scott back into crime, Mm -hmm. uh, potentially to help her. Mm -hmm. Um, I really just want, like, the end credit scene of the last movie to give us a hint of Cassie becoming stature in the future. I want her to get yeah. exposed to the Pym particles because she. The big thing with stature is she changes on her own. She right. doesn't need a suit to change it, right. and it's affected by her emotions because she's a teenager. Ah. How 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 old is uh, how old is she in this movie? Would you say five? How old is her birthday? She has a birthday. Or I assume she was like six. six or seven. That was my guess. Yeah, she, she's losing okay, teeth. So she's going to be so. nine. Yeah, she's going to be nine or ten mm-hmm. in the yeah. next one in, in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then she's going to be presumably like 12. So, yeah, yeah. you could do yeah. that. Yeah, she was 14 when she was yeah. piling around with the Young Avengers. So mm-hmm. And that'll be like in 2021, right, right, 2022. Right. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, no, the way that, the perfect way you do that is that uh, he goes into the life of crime to save her from whatever illness mm-hmm. that she mm-hmm. ends up getting, like she does in his origin story. And then in the end, Hank and uh, Hope and Janet are all just like, you could have just came to us. We yeah. could have helped. And then they help her, but they help her using Pym Particles, exactly. which gives her her powers. Boom. And then Paul Rudd I doesn't just... have to come back for a fourth movie. Yep. No more eating baked mm-hmm. chicken. <laughs> no. No, you, then you just set up Young Avengers. Because at that point, we'll be like right. three or yeah. another new generation. It's time for down. a new generation. And so Young Avengers. Right. That would be, and by that point, that would give them hey, we have the old Avengers different. retiring, mm-hmm. yeah. which makes the teenagers go wait. And they can crop up every once we in a while to... in sort of a mentoring role. You know, old Chris yep. Evans, old Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. And the kids are like, wait, the Avengers have retired. Who's going to save the world now? You we are. We will. 
as soon as we finish our homework. Aww. I don't think they're necessarily going to... Well, all right. Not homework. <laughs> Dude, there will be a mention of homework. Peter literally says in the next movie that he can't go to Germany because he has homework. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that leads us into the fact that our next episode is going to be Captain America Civil War, a movie I perpetually forget is a Captain America movie and not an Avengers movie. Avengers 2.5. Yep. <laughs> yep. The fact that it's it, it, it is maddening that they call that Captain America. It, it's as much of an Iron Man movie as mm-hmm. it is a Steve movie and it should just be called it Civil, really should War, be. Civil War. Yeah. It's, yeah. Maybe they're just it's not that confident that yet. Captain America movie. Honestly, I as a Captain America fan, I feel oh, a little for sure. yeah, by that, that's uh, by, by that's that movie. The only thing, yeah. if it's his last move, if it's last his his last solo movie, yeah. That's the only be thing, fun. like you can, I, I think that go, works for it being called a Captain America title, is that you're going there, and you're basically being told that Captain America is the one who's right. <laughs> So mm-hmm. it's also the continuation of the Bucky Barnes needs a hug saga. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, guys. It was a pleasure to have you. It was so much fun to have you on. Best Scott. Don't let Tofty hear you say <laughs> that. He guys. wrote our music. He's going to oh, hunt you down. Oh, that's right. I mean, equally good Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I heard what you first said. Uh, Scott, you have anything you want to plug before the end of the night? uh what don't i have to plug um well since this is a marvel show if you're not listening to my show spider-man minute uh please uh go check that out zach luna and i we talk about the this all of the spider-man movies one minute at a time we we've done the entirety of uh the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie that's uh, 120 episodes out there on our feed and uh we're coming back uh, very, 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 weeks, very, right? very soon with Spider-Man 2. Get mm-hmm. hyped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're going to be covering uh, Spider-Man 2 a minute at a time. and then One of the on best superhero so, movies uh, ever. Go go check and that out. And we're planning on snagging oh. Mr. Luna for Spider-Man Homecoming in a couple of weeks. Yay! Uh, I also Woo-hoo. am trying to snag Perfect. an interview with... A friend of mine who was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Surprise! Uh, he was the carjacker. Nice. So <laughs> he actually got to be in a scene with Tom Holland. Awesome. So I'm going to try to grab him for a couple of words there. Nice, nice. Well, if you uh, if you guys need a guest when you guys cover Ant-Man <laughs> and oh, the definitely. Wasp. <laughs> it's like going to be way our, down the road. Uh, Let me know. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to be our po- our first right. post Infinity Wars to Infinity and Beyond. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, you will yeah. be you'll be here for our first to Infinity and Beyond special. Beautiful. All Love right. It. It'll be nice, cool. Nice, nice. All right, listeners, we will catch you again next week for Captain America Civil War. Whoop, whoop. Stay awesome. Yes. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.